The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise is awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And unfortunately, we, as, as, as we love to talk about the games and everything, but unfortunately we got to start the show with an unfortunate story out of Vegas. And, uh, and uh, John Gruden resigned as Raiders head coach. I, I, obviously, this had to happen. The Raiders had to get rid of him. And, and I mean, he resigned, but I feel like the Raiders forced him to resign. I mean, this, this, this obviously had to happen because uh, – these, the emails he sent out. I mean, this, these emails started in 2011 to Bruce Allen, where he criticized Demora Smith. They were racist, misogynistic, and homophobic emails. That just cannot happen in today's time. You got to be progressive. It, I mean, I, I and I think you know it affected their game on Sunday. Once those players found out, uh, they found out what happened. I felt like he started to lose the locker room on Sunday because just, just, just this just can't happen. You cannot send these kind of in these times. You can't do that. And obviously, John Gruden. I mean, he he obviously. A, a, uh, he's been had a pretty good reputation in the league before this, but his reputation has been ruined. It's completely ruined. He will not have it. I mean, he might coach maybe a division three college team, but he will not have another job in the NFL. Not where our society is at. He will not have another job in this league. I mean, it's just, and he was kind of an, you know, kind of an edgy guy. I mean, I mean, he was, he was a, he was kind of an edgy coach. He liked to criticize people at, to- at times. And you kind of felt like you kind of, but I would never have expected this to happen. Never expect him to have, you know, you know, using race, you know, sending these kind of emails. It's just, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. It's inexcusable. There's no place for it in the NFL. And I am happy that, uh, that, that, that the Raiders, you know, that, that they, that the Gruden, the Raiders parted ways because I've lost complete respect for Gr- John Gruden after uh, what happened in this situation. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, those emails so unprofessional. Um, it just totally ridiculous the stuff that you know he was, you know, him and Bruce Allen were saying in those emails. Um, clearly, you know, Brady did the right thing. They forced him out, or you know, Groom resigned. I absolutely agree. I think the team pretty much quit on him Sunday. You could really see it. They just didn't really put up any fire with him. I, I, it, it, I think it was a move that had to be made. Um, but yeah, like Gruden, yeah, he's kind of, he, you know, I agree. He's kind of been an edgy guy. Like I would never thought he would have gone to the stuff that's, you know, what he said. I don't think he would ever have that in him, but um, yeah, it's, there's no room in the game for it. It's absolutely, you know, um, just, you know, unprofessional be, you know, to be with it, you know, talking to another colleague like that. It's just totally unprofessional. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it's totally just, outrageous and um the Raiders did the right thing to, to move on for him and you know it's just you know it it's just uh, it's something yeah it, he, it's just no room for it I can't believe that he's actually said you know that he said some of those things and um absolutely doing the right thing I know the Bucks now are, I guess are going to take him off the ring of honor which great, is great move to do as well Great so, move, great move, great move. Yeah, and, and, and that's the reason why he's not getting another job in this league. And there's, there's no way. There's no way. I, 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 I just can't see it. And a, a great move by the Bucks. You know, taking his name off, to, taking his name out of the Ring of Honor. Great move. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I, he's definitely not getting another job at ESPN. At another coaching job, I don't think he'll get a coaching job at college. I just, why would you want to send your kid to, to yeah. To a coach that kind of talks like that, I, especially I if your so. especially if your son's yeah, I mean yeah, how how, how is he going to be able to lead? Not even an NFL locker room, a locker room of of, mm-hmm. Af- of, 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 of the most college all, all the college locker rooms in the NFL. They're they're very diverse. They're very diverse. How is he going to be able to lead that? I don't feel like he's going to be able to lead that. He's going to. I think he lost his credibility completely uh, with these emails. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it's well deserved that he that he has as well. Um, Especially too to have a guy like Carl Nassib who came out as you know the first openly gay guy in the NFL, and you know that guy's in your locker room, and that's stuff you have to say to him. You know, it, it's just it's just so unprofessional. It's something that I never thought he'd say some some stuff like that. It's the Raiders made the right move, and um, it, it had to happen. You could see they 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 didn't really want to play for him Sunday. Yeah, great point about Nassib too. You know, he he openly announced he was he was he was he was gay. And, and you have your coach basically, you know, making fun of, you know, make, having emails, making fun of people that, that are gay, which that, that that's just unacceptable. And, and I think, yeah, absolutely a great move. But we got to get on to a, a, a couple other angles in this situation. The angle we're going to take is, is how is this going to affect Derek Carr? I mean, Derek Carr had a really good season. How is this going to affect Derek Carr? In my opinion, I feel like it might affect Derek Carr because I felt like he had some chemistry with John Gruden. And now he's going to have to find chemistry with 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 the I'm not sure the offensive coordinator is got to find chemistry with him. I think there, I think it's gonna there's gonna be some struggles from Derek Carr. I think this is gonna this could affect Derek Carr going forward. I could see it. Now their offense coordinator is um Greg Olson, who hasn't okay. called the plays. It's all Gruden that calls the plays. So it's gonna be kind of interesting um because I know I've seen so many radio games. I know my dad and brother are very happy Gruden. Did you watch the Raider did you did you watch the Raider game last week? Yes I yes so so did it did 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 it? Did it, did, did I know I'm throwing, I'm throwing a little bit of a curveball here. Did it seem like the team was distracted by the by the Gruden by the situation? 
yeah. during the game. Yeah, because they just met. They they made so many like mental mistakes. Well, I know the Raiders do. It's but like they didn't like the Bears have a keen next, and I thought their car could have a much bigger day, but. They just seemed kind of like, again, they couldn't get a big stop. Justin Fields wasn't great. They just kind of made a lot of mistakes. And it just didn't seem like they had really any fire coming out of them. It just, you know, it was just figured at home, you know, it just seemed like they were just flat as a pancake. And they kind of, you know, that this was kind of the issue. There's an issue who, do you, with this. Who, who do you think it's going to affect more, the Raiders as a team or Derek Carr, uh, or Derek Carr as a quarterback? Who do you think this is going to affect more or could have – Completely affect both. Both. I think it could affect both. Um, it'll be interesting because I know like Derek Carr and Gruden actually are neighbors. I don't know how much longer you know Gruden's going to be in Vegas, but he just finished. You know, they just built a house. He's you know next to Carr, so like I, I think you know he could still kind of see Gruden around. Like you know, I don't know how much respect Carr has for him at the moment about everything that's come down, um, but. I think, you know, for Carr, and I know at first, like, him and Carr, because it didn't really seem like Gruden liked Derek Carr at first. It kind of seemed like he wanted to kind of It didn't. It seemed like, yeah, they were shopping around and getting quarterbacks. It seemed like, yeah, because they were in the Tom yeah. Brady sweepstakes. Yeah, def- yeah, it, and, they, and they were thinking about drafting a guy in 2019. Yeah, at first, it did, yeah, it definitely didn't seem like they liked uh, Gruden liked Carr. Yeah, because he brought in Mario, too, because if you remember in his, you know, what he used to do with these fans, like that quarterback draft room, he loved Mariota. He was all over Mariota, so I think he brought him, too, to see – could he take Derek Carr's job and I could use him? But um, I, I think he's starting to re- – I think he's really started to like him. I, I, for good reason, Derek Carr has been really, really good. Um, I know last week was a struggle, but I, I could see it. Um, I think, you know, play calling-wise, like I think it's going to open it up. I just, you know, like my dad and brother call it out every time. Every time they're in the I formation, you just follow the fullback. That's where the running back. So, like, it just – they're so predictable. So, I feel like now with Greg Olson – I think they you know, they may open it up, and I think that could help Carr. But like, I wonder for the team, like you know, of everything that went down, like I think it could help them, but I don't really know yet because I don't know, you know, what their feelings are from all this from the team. You know, they got to be kind of angry, especially like a guy like NASA. Like, you know, I I think the Raiders could really kind of use this as you know a motivation to kind of you know get right, but. You know, I'm not sure how all in they were on Gruden. You know, like they were playing well, but like it was still kind of the same old Raiders, even with Gruden. Like the same mental mistakes, just kind of just shooting themselves in the foot like they do week in, week out. Absolutely. And what you saw with Gruden a lot is they would get off to hot starts and then they would completely fall apart late in the year. Like you remember last year, they were like, you know, six and four, seven and four. And like, like one of the few wins they got was the game the Jets handed them at the end of the year. So they, they yeah. really should have. They probably should have lost out at the end of the season. I think the two games they won last year at the end of the, end of the year was the game where the Jets handed to them, and then the game where the Broncos, I think, went for I think they went for two at the end and they missed it. So they just beat two bad teams at the end of the year. So it seems like by the end of the year, the Gruden's teams wear down. So we'll see. We'll see what effect it has. I actually, one of my friends, Rich Basacci, is one of my friends' uncles. I'm not. I'm not joking. So really? so and he's been in the league for years. So he was with the Buck. But but the thing is, though, with the locker room. He's been with Gruden for a while. That's the thing. So, I—I mm. I mean, I think Rich Bisacci is—he's been a special teams coach for years. He was in Tampa. He was in Dallas. Uh, I think he went to the—he was with the Chargers for a year, and then I think he went to the—I think he was, then I think he went to the Raiders. But uh, he's been—he's—I don't know. I think it was Bucks, Chargers, Cowboys, then uh, 
than than Raiders. But he's been he's been in the league for years as a special teams coach, Rich Bisacci. So we'll see how the team responds to Rich Bisacci. But still, he, he's been with Gruden, so I don't know how they're going to respond to him. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. That's you know, that's an interesting point there because um, yeah, because you know. And I know, like, some of the colleagues that you kind of hear on ESPN, you know, ESPN have gone, like, I never really imagined this for And, like, maybe he had, he had no idea about all this. You know, you know who knows? Um, but, yeah, like, if he kind of knew maybe, I, who knows? You know, we don't know that information yet, but I mean, we may never know. But, yeah, like, if he's a guy that's really close to Gruden, maybe he knew, he, again, probably knows him closer than most. So, again, maybe Gruden kind of, felt comfortable speaking, like, you know, you know, saying stuff that, you know, he said to Bruce Allen, those emails, who knows? Um, I know, like, they just hired Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator. Like, that's a guy that's kind of brand new to Gruden. He's been a head coach, too, at this level. So I, I think that's going to help. And the defense has yeah, really that, improved on him this year. Yeah, that might have been my choice to be the interim head coach would have been Gus Bradley. Yeah. It probably would have been my – I mean, no offense to Rich Passacci. He's been in the league for years. But I probably might have gone Gus Bradley as the interim head coach. Yeah, I was surprised. I figured it was going to be Gus Bradley, too. I really liked what he's doing with his defense. They're really much improved this year, um, I, and he's got the head coaching experience. So that's, that's where I felt they were going to go. But, um, you know, Mark, they, Mark Davis decided to go there. Um, so I, I guess we'll see. But, um, you know, we'll kind of see where the where – the, and, I'm well, I'm trying to think Mayock because Mayock was Gruden's guy. So if it was a so if he was a GM and he kind of appointed this move, you know, appointed kind of the intern. I don't know if it was him or Mark Davis. I don't know if Mayock has a relationship with um um Rick um Pisacci, you said right? Pisacci, Pisacci, Pisacci. Um, so I don't know if, if Mayock had a relationship with him more than maybe a, a Greg Bradley. Maybe that's why he gave it to him. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it was a. Uh, interesting hire. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And the Raiders got to play a game on Sunday, and they go to Denver to face the Broncos. And I still think that this thing is lingering over them. I think they're going to have a tough day in Denver. I think the the, the, the Raiders are going to have a tough time protecting Derek Carr. I think the Broncos will move the ball with Teddy Bridgewater and put up some points. I got the Broncos beating the Raiders twenty-seven to seventeen. Justin, who do you got in this game? Yeah, I got the Broncos twenty-three to twenty. Um, I still, yeah, I'm with you. I think this link is a little bit still a linger for the Raiders um, for another week or so. I think they play better than they did last week, but I, I think the Broncos are able to run the ball against the team. I think the Raiders make a couple mistakes. Um, I'll take the um, I'll take the Broncos win this game twenty-three twenty. All righty, let's get into the big game in Foxborough this weekend as the four and one Dallas Cowboys travel up to New England to face the two and three New England Patriots. And I do think Belichick, you know, because I, there's a there's a chance Zeke might not play. So I do think Belichick, you know, t- confuses Dak a little bit early in this game. The Patriots stay in this game early. But eventually I feel like the passing game of the Cowboys is going to be too much. I feel like Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Dick Prescott are going to move the ball on New England. I feel like this, this Cowboys defense, it's forced turnovers every game. Trayvon Diggs is at a pick every game. I feel like that's going to continue this week. I think he's going to have a pick of Mac Jones because we saw Mac Jones against the Saints. I'm not going to count the Houston game playing from behind. Houston's terrible. We saw when Mac Jones played against the Saints, he had trouble playing from behind. I think it's going to be the same story this week because Trent, Trent Brown, I think, is still on IR. So I think yeah. they're going to get the Cowboys with Randy Gregor are going to get some pressure on uh, Mac Jones. So I think they'll have a turnover in this game. And I do think, you know, it's close early, but the Cowboys pull away late. Maybe the Patriots score a touchdown at the end of the game. I got Dallas going to 5-1, and one, beating the Patriots 30-20. to 20. But, Justin, can – Bill Belichick devise a game plan to confuse Dak 
And can Mac Jones move the ball in this Cowboys defense for the pass to pull the upset? I think they will. Now, mm-hmm. I again, I just don't think they're going to go. It's they're only three at home. I can't see them going over four at home um, to start out. You know, last week, yeah, the Texans hated the Patriots that game. The Patriots had no business winning that game. I, I, their secondary was horrible. Chris against, you know, Chris Moore, a guy that's been mostly a practice squad guy, absolutely destroyed us um, last week. And Davis Mills tore us apart. But I think this defense plays a lot better this week. Um, I think they kind of do some of the same thing to the end Brady. I know against the Bucks, again, it was raining. That helped. Uh, but I think they, they're able to do enough to slow down the Cowboys. The Patriots' biggest problem is um, – you know, they've, it's been 22 times this year where they've – it's been um, – for their opponent, it's been like third and short. So, like, you know, third and one to third and three. They've allowed like 8.7 yards per play on those on those third downs. That's got to – you know, you cannot keep allowing that to happen. I the feel thing, like you – know, The thing in this game, though, is, though, with, with the Cowboys offensive line and Tyron Smith playing great, I think they're going to convert those. Yeah, that – you know, I am worried about that. I But – I think they do scheme up enough in this game where, you know, Matthew Judon's been playing out of mind. Again, Matthew Judon was the only guy on the defense side of the ball last week that showed up in this in last week. I feel like the defense really bounces back this week. Um, I, I just – I can't see the defense playing that bad again, you know, because they're, they're better. And I think, too, like, you know, Jamie Collins has always been great under Bill. I know he strolled outside of everywhere he's been beside New England. I think he's going to get some more playing time because Hightower's really struggled. Bentley, Bentley's got to be a force in this game. Um, like, you know, I'm not a big Bentley fan, but it's, we got to kind of live with him right now. Um, I think we play better. I think, you know, without Gilmore now, I think this defense starts to step up. I think they do enough to slow down the weapons. Because, um, you know, a few years ago they held Dak to, I think, 10 points. They really slowed them down that game. Um, I think they do some of the same game stuff that they did in that game. And I think the Patriots do find a way to win this game 27-23. You bring up the loss of Gilmore. Do you feel like in the first half last week that that affected that defense, them trading Gilmore? Do you think that affected the defense a little bit in the first half last week? I think it did. You know, they were – again, they were mostly a man-to-man that half. And it was just like Chris Moore just burning him down the field. Um, and uh, it, was, it seemed like J.C. Jackson wasn't as good last week either. No, and I don't know what was going on with him, but no, he, he really struggled. Um, I know Mills was banged up. Like, um, so yeah, like th- those guys, yeah, kind of really struggled. McCordy, I think, made a mistake or two, too, like on this tackle. Like, yeah, they really struggled, um, you know, and it was surprising. I know Mills is still banged up. I think he's still on the injury report, but I think he's supposed to play. If not, that's going to be a huge loss. But yeah, like Jonathan Jones, I think, got beat once or twice. Like, you know, again, they didn't really get much pressure on Davis Mills, so he was kind of sitting back there kind of all day. So I think it did affect the defense or the, the secondary. Yeah, I, I think it did really have a part of it because I think it was a big blow. And, you know, Mac Jones is even kind of saying, like, Stephon Gilmore sat down and watched film with Matt. Like I, I think he was a he's a big loss in that locker room that he's gone now. Yeah, we'll see how they how, how that ends up how, how that ends up uh, working out this year. But you did bring up previously too the Patriots aren't going to lose four in a row at home. I just feel like this is this is ever since the middle of 2019. 
this is just a different Patriots team. They're not the Patriots we know of. And I think the problem is, is, is the talent on this roster. I don't think, I mean, I know Hunter Henry stepped up a little bit. Damian Harris hasn't had as good of a year. He's got to stop fumbling in the red zone. I mean, that's, that's just, he's got to stop doing that. He's got to stop fumbling in the red zone. He hasn't had as good of a year. I don't love the, I don't love any, I don't like really any of the receivers. I think the defense, yeah, Hightower has struggled outside of, yeah, outside of Judon. I mean, I, JC Jackson's been pretty good too at outside of, outside of, outside of last week, but, but Cordy looks old. I think I know you talk about all oh, the Patriots aren't going to lose four in a row. Dallas is just, I think, in my opinion, just the, mo- the much more talented team. That's why I think they win it by two scores. And I know we've not, on this show we've been, we've not been high on Dallas, and I'm not still not that high on Dallas. I still think that that uh, that the that the in the NFC that the Cardinals are better. I still think the Rams are better. I still think that the Packers are better. I still think the, the Bucks are better. I think the, I think they're arguably not even a top five. They're, I, don't, I don't think they're a top four team, and they're arguably not even a top five team in the NFC. I still have issues. With their defense, I, I think they—I think they gave up some yards to Mike Glenn last week. But I just feel like, man for man, I just feel like the Cowboys are just clearly the better team. Yeah, I think they—they they are too. And I, I think you know that's what we're all saying about the Bucks too. They were the better team, um, which you know obviously they were. And again, I, again the the rain helped. The weather really helped the Patriots out that day. Um, I believe it's supposed to be nicer sun, um, Sunday. It's gonna. But be yeah, bad. like Dean. You know, like Damien Harris, yeah, he's been a problem. Like, I want them to go see if they can go get Marlon Mack. Yeah, like, they need another running back. That'd be a good pickup. That'd be a really good yeah. pickup there. After they traded Sony Michelle, I think it'd be a really good pickup there. Yeah, because they're, they're missing Michelle, and I didn't really think we would with Harris, but, you know, we are. Brandon Bolden can't do it. Rahome A. Stevenson, and he's a work in progress. Taylor had a fumble, so Bill kind of, you know, um, you know, took him off the active roster for now. So, yeah, like, we need another running back. Um Wide receiver, like, and I think part of their offensive problem too is it's like when we get in the red zone, we're just so concerned. Like there was a we threw a screen pass last week, but they took Aguilar and Bourne off the field, and they brought in um, they brought in or they took off Myers and Aguilar. They brought in Kendrick Bourne and Nikhil Harry, and the Texans knew it was a screen coming. Like, yeah, they, yeah. If, if they're if they're going to win this game, they can they cannot. Be, they cannot be conservative. They cannot be conservative and beat this this offense. This is one of the top offenses in the league. They cannot be conservative if they want to win this football game. McDaniels and Belichick cannot go in with a conservative game plan. No, no, they cannot. And McDaniels is really starting to uh, – uh, I'm trying to really get up with his, uh, with his play calling right now in the red zone because, again, like Max played well. Like that one interception last week, he kind of said like when he stepped into it, um, one of his linemen, um, you know, he got pushed back into him or, you know, he – Saying so, like, um, like that was kind of like the one mistake. Like they, oh, they let them air it out, but then they get the red zone and it's like they don't trust them. So yeah, they cannot be conservative. They got to start, you know, letting them kind of air it out in the red zone um, because that's the only shot they really have to win this game. But he'll go up against his former TV in um, Diggs. So we'll we'll see how he does. He probably knows some of what he likes to do in practice too, facing him at Alabama, going up against him. So. You know, that'll be an interesting matchup there. But um, I think the Patriots somehow find a way to win this game. Yeah, I just feel like, knowing you, I feel like you can't pick a team with Jared. One of, you can't pick the Cowboys to beat Bill Belichick. Yeah. I, I just feel like you can't do it. Because the Cowboys, they, they fooled us for years. They, the, that's the thing about the Cowboys. They just, they fool you for years. And we, because they, they always, you know, sometimes they start, they start really, they start really well, but they've, Either fell fell apart in December, or they've gotten the number one seed and lost in the division round. They just fooled us for years. They've never been in the NFC Championship game in a quarter century, so it's hard to, for us to call them an elite team. Yeah, absolutely. They they have you know they've had their chances and they just haven't been able to capitalize on it. 
Yeah, because I think when the last time they played 2019, it was like 14 to 10. It was something like really low scoring type of game. Um, yeah, like I, I get like, you know, McCarthy's an okay coach, you know, like Bill, I guess, almost lost to David Colney last week, which is, but like, I, I think, yeah, like I, 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 I can't, I don't, I just can't see Bill kind of losing a game like this. Uh, so yeah, like against the Cowboys, I, I think they, you know, they find a way. Yeah, they look good so far, Dallas, but, you know, they, they've, I, they, they surprised me a bit. Like, you know, they have surprised me with the, because uh, their defense has gotten better. Yeah, it's, it's not great, but it's better. With yeah. Parsons and Diggs, it's better. It's not, don't tell me it's a top 10 defense. It's yeah. a better, it's a better defense. It's better. I'll, I'll give it yeah. that. Yeah, hey, it's we gotta, better. It, hey, what were you going to say? You yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, actually, we can look at um, Hector. Oh, yeah, Hector yeah, Dallas. Said, yeah, Dallas has a much easier schedule than most. And, and yes, I think Hector is right about that. If you look through their schedule, they got uh, they got the Patriots. They got the Vikings, who are average. They I know they're on the road, but they're oh, average. They got Denver. Uh, they got the Falcons. They got at Kansas City. Even though they're not great, that's going to be a tough game. They got the Raiders. They got the Saints. That's the, that's the, the, even though they're not they're not great that that that's that could still be a tough game they got then they got the NFC East teams Washington twice the Giants and the big game at the Cardinals yeah this Dallas team could definitely be you know with their schedule I don't think they're as good as you know Arizona uh, any of the teams Arizona or the Rams but they could end up having a better record than those teams because of their schedule yeah absolutely they could because yeah like that NFC West is that four those four teams is going to be a gauntlet so. They're going to beat each other up. So, yeah, Dallas can kind of take advantage of playing those NFC East teams. And, yeah, they you know, having the Falcons, having the Broncos, you know, Raiders at home game. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like the Dallas could kind of sit there and be what, like 11 and 6-ish, you know, somewhere around there, you know. And, yeah, like have, you know, the number three seed and, you know, kind of have home field there. So, yeah, they probably don't beat – Probably one of the two NFC West teams that come out of the wild and take that one of the their one of the three wild card spots. You're probably gonna have to face one of those, you know, one of those NFC West teams. Which yeah, they depending on who it is, they probably do not win that game. But yeah, they should take advantage. They should have win at least eleven games that schedule. Absolutely, and and and, and the thing is, is the like for I'm a, I'm a, for the Giants, they, their schedule is t- definitely tougher than Dallas because Dallas already got probably arguably their two toughest games out of the way for the first two weeks: the Bucks and the Chargers. They got those two those two games. They, they they already played they already played those two games the Giants they still got to play the Bucks and they still got to play the the Chargers so the Cowboys got their two toughest games out of the way already. Yeah, they have you know yeah the Bucks Chargers I'm like you know Panthers have been you know pretty good so far as well. Um, so yeah, like the Giants that's, I know we'll talk about them in a minute but yeah, yeah they like the Giants right now they it's a gauntlet coming up and it helped Dallas too that they finished third third in that division too. So they're kind of playing like a third place schedule for the most part as well. So which, you know, they should be able to take advantage of where the giants finishing second. Um, it's, it's been a lot tougher for them. So yeah, like the Cowboys much easier schedule been having that kind of finishing third last year. Um, and yeah, having like the Broncos to face, um, you know, the Falcons, you know, Arizona to be a tough one, but yeah. And, Again, right now, like the NFC East, right now, like they, they look far and away the best team so far in that division, without question. But now we got to get to the Giants and a brutal game this week, especially with the guys they have out. I mean, they're probably more than likely not going to have Daniel Jones. 
they, they won't have Kenny Galladay. They won't have Saquon Barkley. They might not have Sterling Shepard. They might not have Andrew Thomas. They are they are limping into this game against a top team in the in the NFC in the Rams. And I feel like this is going to be a this is going to be a blowout. This is just it's just just talent wise. It's not going to be like the game in 2017 where the Giants quit against the Rams. This will be a game that the the Giants just don't have the personnel to compete against a, a, against a, a really good team in the Rams, a really good quarterback in Matthew Stafford, a really good coach in Sean McVay. I feel like the Rams are going to run the ball. They're going to do whatever they want on offense. They'll score in the 30s. I think the Giants are going to have a lot of trouble. I think Glennon's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. And I got the Rams big, 31-13 over the Giants. And, Justin, I assume you got the same. The Rams winning big. Yeah, I got the Rams 28 to 13. I think, you know, John may keep it close to interesting for a bit, but it, it, this is a game they really need the defense to step up and play well. And I just I just don't really have the confidence right now. Again, 10 10, about to go to halftime last week. Dallas comes down the field, scores a late touchdown. You know, they go this, 17 to 10, and that was it. And this has happened every single game. Opening day, it happened. The Washington game, it happened. The Atlanta game, it happened. The New Orleans, even though they won the New Orleans game, it happened in the New Orleans game. Every single time this Giants defense has has given up a touchdown before the half. And really a big reason why the Giants are struggling, I think a big reason why their defense hasn't even been close to as good this year. Obviously, they missed Blake Martinez the last two weeks because teams have ran the ball all over. They've gotten ran all over. on. They've gotten destroyed on the ground. And then really Bradbury and Williams just haven't been, I think still think Williams has been good, but he hasn't been as good. Bradbury hasn't been as good. This defense has just not been as good right now. It's a below average defense and, and there's no way it's going to make up for all the injuries they have on offense. Yeah, absolutely. Like bad Bradbury got beat on that C lamp kind of uh, touchdown there last week or, you know, that big play. So down the, so on that one on one day, like he just looks a step slower, you know, for whatever reason right now this year, yeah, like, you know, obviously losing Blake Martinez is really hurt. Um, as you said, yeah, they just haven't made us out the run. Bradbury last year was one of the best shutdown corners in the in the league, and, he, and he's, you know, struggling right now, you know, for whatever he's in. So, yeah, and actually the last thing the Giants do. So, so Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Galladay, Kader Sony have only been on the field 16 plays all year, all together. And that was, you know, like that, you know, I know you – you know, I was excited to kind of see that as well, like what that often to be able to do. But, yeah, it just kind of just shows they haven't been healthy. And we haven't been able to see that full complement you know, offense we thought we were going to see. And the game they were all on the field, they won that game. Yeah. Yeah. So it shows, yeah, they're no, healthy. No, 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 no. I don't think they did because I don't think Shepard didn't play in that game. I don't think oh, any yeah. of those – I don't think none of those guys have been on the field. The, I think – I don't think any – oh, no, no. The, 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 I think they were on the field. The, it might have been the – Part of the Denver game and part of the part of the Denver the Washington Denver Washington and uh, and the first three games because those guys were obviously they they, they were they, they were all playing but Barkley wasn't healthy and Tony was kind of used sparingly so they were all yeah. on the field during those first three games but yeah it's just they just haven't been on the field together you would like to see what this offense could be if they're all on the field but unfortunately they're not on the field yeah it's unfortunate and I know you know. Giants is kind of supposed to kind of be the year to get back to the playoffs. And yeah, it just hasn't been able to paint out. And it's, it's been tough. Like again, like the Barkley one, it's just a free, it's a free kind of injury, you know, like again with the ankle, you know, um, yeah, Shepard kind of hasn't, you know, Galladay, I guess we, we all kind of knew that his problem has been kind of being able to stay healthy. It, it was nice to kind of see Tony have a big breakout game. I know the, the fight at the end is not great, but he looked like a star in the making and, you know, and, you know, hope, and he looks like he's going to be a good player. So you hope at some point they get them all back, but it, it's probably going to be too late though. 
I like Tony. I think that was the lone bright spot from Sunday. I thought he played really well. The last two weeks, Tony has been really, really good. Darius Slayton's gonna I'm not gonna is, is probably is, this is probably gonna be Darius Slayton's last year with the Giants because they're if the problem is they have both to stay healthy, but there should be deep enough at receiver where they can just get rid of Darius Slayton. And then obviously that drop in Washington doesn't help him. But for all the injuries, I put this on Dave Gettleman. You signed Kenny Galladay knowing that he missed 10 games last year. You made that decision. You gave him $18 million. That's why he was not signed immediately in free agency because he's not durable. Your best ability is is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. And they could, and, and that number two slot, they very easily could have taken Josh Allen. And you've seen how well, I know the guy I wanted shouldn't have been the pick either because he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. But Josh Allen was sitting right there. You could have take, taken him number two overall. So, and because, uh, you know, Barkley's great. He can't stay healthy. Galladay can't stay healthy. And Daniel Jones, I'm sorry, the guy's not durable. I mean, the guy has played well this year, but he's not durable. And your best ability is availability. And Dave Gettleman at the key positions is as has, has taken as either sign guys in free agency that and uh, as drafted guys that cannot stay healthy. And, he, and here's uh, here's a uh, here's Xander. I know you guys lost, but we we handed we handed handled our business. You did, you know, the Cowboys yeah. last week. Hand, handle, yeah, you guys did a good job. Hand, yeah, you guys did what you had to do last week. I know we had a lot of injuries, but yeah, I give I give you guys credit. You guys did what you had. You guys did what you had to do last week. Yeah, definitely. It was a little bit sloppy in the first half, but yeah, the second half they kind of took advantage of everything going on with the Giants, and they took advantage and pretty much blew them out. And what had I think you know second most yardage in like a in a regular season game for the Cowboys at 515 yards. So yeah, they were they were pretty good. Like you know yeah, so they they did play really really well. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's a good comment, Kenny. Kenny Galloway to me is boss looking like a move that's is a is a Kenny Galloway. Me, I don't, I don't totally understand boss. the comment. I think, oh, one, God, I think what he says is it, okay. It clarified it there. Is it is it working out? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah, definitely because it's just the, the injury history and you and, and Gettleman handed this guy eighteen million dollars and didn't improve the offense. I know there weren't a lot of great old linemen out there, but he handed this guy eighteen million dollars. And didn't improve the offensive line. You looked at Nate Soldier on Sunday; he was absolutely terrible. Yeah. yeah, he was. And I know like Thomas hasn't been healthy, and he hasn't been great. And you look at the Bucks and Tristan Ward's been unbelievable. You know, it just they, you know. No, it, Tom, Thomas is that Justin. Justin Thomas is Thomas been, has played well this year. To be fair, Thomas has played well this year. He's played I'll give better, Gettleman yeah. that. One. I'll give Gettleman that one. Yeah, he's played better. I know because Worf has been unbelievable as well. No, but yeah, like, Thomas has been being dealt. Yeah, he's banged up too. Worth has been more consistent, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah Worth's been more consistent out of the two. And you kind of go back as, you know, I'll just mention quickly, you know, to, to where kind of the, you know, the chance of Giants had to the build. Because at that time, the Bills and Giants were kind of at the same point of kind of rebuilding and all that. And you kind of look what the Bills oh. have been able to do since that time. Absolutely, absolutely, and and great, great, great comment by uh, Sander right here. I, I really appreciate him listening. He's been he's been great. You know, he's been great the last couple of weeks. I keep saying that the, I keep saying that losing Blake Martinez is a huge loss for the defense, and he's a hundred percent right about it. Because the week after that happened, Kamara ran for one hundred and twenty, and last week Dallas did whatever they wanted on the ground. Great comment by Xander there. Blake Martinez lost huge loss, especially in the run game. Huge loss for this team. Yeah, because he's one of the best linebackers in football last year, and he had a huge breakout year. And yeah, it's it's been tough. The Cowboys ran for over two hundred, and with that dual threat of Elliott and Pollard, you know, just they were not able to stop him. So yeah, it's such a huge loss. You know, he, he was such a big impact last year of 
why the Giants' defense was so good, you know, and nobody really saw it coming. He was just outstanding. Um, one of the best in the game last year. So, yeah, absolutely. To, to lose a guy like that, um, it, it's been huge. As you said, to stop the run, they haven't been able to do that so far. Absolutely. And go back to Xander's earlier point. As as Joe, Joe Aguirre always likes to say, you, you got to play who you're going up against. And the Cowboys last week took care of business. Yes, the Giants had, had injuries, but they played who they, they went up against who who, who was there. And uh, and then and you got to give him credit for that. And another comment by Xander Bradbury looking like he may have lost another great comment. Another, another we, we obviously discussed that earlier, but another great comment. Bradbury looked like he's, he's, he's lost a step. Give him a t- absolutely great comment there. Another great comment by Xander there. Yeah, the biggest issues with the Giants' defense is Williams. Williams hasn't been – I mean, he's still been good, but it hasn't been as good. Uh, Martinez is out, and uh, Bradbury has, you know, he's, he's just not been anywhere near as good. And the thing was is Bradbury was not great in Carolina. He was about average to above average at best. Had a career year last year. I mean, all three of the guys, Martinez, mm-hmm. Williams, and Bradbury, they all had career years. But – Seeing the flaws of Bradbury uh, having issues in man coverage, they've 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 been shown this year, and the flaws of Leonard Williams getting pressure but not being able to get sacks, they've shown this year. Last year, those two guys played at elite levels. This year, this year Williams has been playing well but not great, and Bradbury hasn't been close to playing at the level as he play, as, that he played at last year. Yeah, they they haven't. It's and unfortunate, you know, like yeah, Bradbury, as I mentioned, was I did one of the best corners last year. He was unbelievable. Yeah, Williams had like the big breakout year, got his contract in the offseason. Yeah, he really hasn't yeah, he's been in the backfield, but hasn't been able to get the sack numbers, hasn't you know, so like that's been tough. Like that, you know, like they really need those two right now to really step up and look like they were last year. Um and uh and it's Andrew, but, how, and, hey yes. Xander, thanks so much for, Thank for all the support, my Appreciate man. That. Thanks for the support. You're welcome to, to, to you're welcome anytime to be, be a, to, to to comment on this show. You're outstanding. I mean, I watch you guys, I watch and listen to you guys because you both don't show bias on your takes. You both understand and give credit where where it is. So and not bash your teams or play it just because you don't like them. You guys are all, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank we you. really appreciate the support, Xander. We love the fact you're listening to us, and you continue to listen to us. Yes. Continue to listen to us, my man. I, I, I love the fact that you're listening, my man. Thank you so much, Xander. Yeah, thank you, Xander. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. Keep listening. Uh, thanks for the great comment. But just to sum everything up with the Giants, just they're just too banged up this week. They're too banged up to, to compete this week in, in this game. As we were playing a top organization, a really good team in the Rams. I just, as a Giants fan, I just can't see them competing in this game. I, I just can't. Yeah, I just think it's just too tough. I'm like maybe with the East Coast trip for the Rams, maybe they keep it close early. The Giants, but yeah, I just see it by the second half, I think the Rams kind of pull away and win by at least two scores. All right, we're going to stay in the NFCs. Talk about the Thursday night game as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers travel up to Philadelphia to face uh, the, the Eagles. And the Eagles got a big win last week. They got their second straight win. Uh, I think this game is going to be closer than people think because of Brady's injury. I think Brady's injury is going to play a factor in this game. I think he's going to have a turn. I think he's going to have a turnover in this game. But I do think the Buccaneers the last couple of weeks have gotten their running game going. I still think they're going to run the ball. I don't like the Eagles' defense. I think they play this too deep zone. I can't stand this Eagles' defense. And they're so Jonathan Gannon is so stubborn. He won't put a safety in the box. I'll be texting you last night. I'll be texting you last night. I'll be counting the amount of times the Eagles put that safety in the box because they're not going to do it. They're not going to put that safety in the box. I feel like that Tampa Bay is going to have success running the ball, but I do think they force a turnover from Brady. I don't think Brady plays his best game tomorrow night because he's banged up. And I do think Jalen Hurts has a turnover, but I think he has a decent game. He played well. He's played well the last couple of weeks. I think he has a decent game. 
uh, uh, tomorrow to keep the Eagles in the game. But I think the difference is the Bucs are going to get in the red zone. They're going to get touchdowns. The Eagles are going to kick field goals. And that's why I got Tampa Bay winning it to go into five and one. I got the Bucs beating the Eagles 27 to 19. But Justin, can the Eagles defense get pressure on Tom Brady? And can Jalen Hurts do enough for the Eagles to get their second straight win? I think very possible on a Thursday night. It's always such a weird one, but I have the Bucks though prevailing this one, 27-24. Um, I think the way to kind of get to Brady is kind of that interior line, you know, uh, defensive line. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Fletcher Cox, we could be able to do that. And I think, you know, Brady's injury hasn't, you know, obviously he'll play and all that. Brady doesn't miss any time. But um, I think, you know, the Eagles can do enough in this game. Keep it close. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's been playing well. They took advantage last week of some Carolina miscues. Um, but I think the I, I think the Tampa, Tampa Bay does enough on offense. I think it's just too much of this Dallas defense. I think they could give up some big plays. As you mentioned, you know, um, the way their defense is like Dallas did. Dallas hit some big shots on them. Um, I, I think Brady could be able to do that in this game as well. So I think the Eagles keep it close, though. But I, I think Hurts plays well. I think, he, you know, he um, – had you know could have a big day in the air, but um, I think like they're going to be short, be able to they're going to struggle being able to run the ball. Yeah, yeah, it is. We'll see what happens on Thursday in Philly, and we got to respond to Xander. You guys going to talk Dallas New England? We talked Dallas. We just yeah. we, before you you came on, literally right before you came on, we talked Dallas New England for a while. So uh, uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. I mean. I think, and we'll, we'll talk about that game, 30 to 20. For Xander, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, 30 to 20 Dallas. And my, my, my biggest takeaway, you'll uh, if you go quickly, Justin, just the talent level. Talent level on the field, I got. That's why I got Dallas winning that game. And obviously, Justin, um, I do have the, got the opposite. I do, have the pay, I do have my Patriots getting the upset. I think Bill schemes up something that's trying to slow down the, the four weapons that the Cowboys have. Not having Elliott. I know they saw Pollard. Pollard's a great one. Um another really good running back they have. But I think Mac Jones makes enough plays through the air. I'm hoping Josh McDaniel stops being so conservative in the red zone. And I think the Patriots find a way at home to get the win, 27-23. Uh, yeah, and obviously the Kyrie Irving situation, and, J- and Jason said it's, 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 com- it's, it's, coming up. it's coming up, my man. So, yeah, hang, hang tight there. And then we got another comment about the Kyrie Irving situation. But, uh, but we got to get into our best bets. And, again, for Xander – one of my one of my best bets this week is Dallas over New England plus it's a, now it's a three and it's it's three and a half I think it's minus three and a half yeah not, I think the line changed for, went down a half a point good news for the Patriots there I got Dallas just because they have the more talented team uh, uh, and uh, my second one is is Miami against uh, the Jaguars I feel like the Jaguars are a mess I know Miami's uh, Miami's a minus three and a half but I still think they cover that even though they're one and four I feel like they cover that I think they're able to you know run the ball with Miles Gaskin. I think that Jacoby Brissett's, even though Tua doesn't come back, I think Brissett will play well enough. I think the defense will force a turnover, too, from Trevor Lawrence. That's why I got the Dolphins minus three and a half. And then my other one is the Chargers plus three, and I'm really looking forward to that one. This Chargers, uh, Chargers, Chiefs, Chargers, uh, Ravens game is going to be going to be great with these two quarterbacks. I think it's going to be up and down the field, but I feel like Justin Herbert is going to make a little bit more plays than uh, than Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to be up and down the field. I got the Chargers winning that 27-24. That's one of my best bets. Justin, your best bets. My best bets this week. I have the Cleveland Browns knocking off at two and a half, knocking off the Arizona Cardinals. I know Shane Jones may not play. Um, I think Baker Mayfield makes enough plays against this team. I think they run the ball, keep Kyler Murray off the field. And I'm going to take the Browns and knock off the Arizona Cardinals this week. I think the Browns defense plays a lot better than they did on Sunday against the Chargers. 
Um, I have the Patriots getting this one. Um, I, I do really think that the Patriots find a way to win this game. I've talked about it, so I'll just say I, you know, I got the path at plus four. And then I got the Packers going at Chicago um, at four and a half. The, the, you know, I know this game is usually close, but the Packers blew them out twice last year. I didn't think the Bears played that well against against the Raiders last week. They didn't have Pekeem next. He may not play again this week for the Bears. So I think Aaron Rodgers got a big day in the, in the air. And I, I think the Packers do win this game by at least a touchdown in Chicago. Yeah, it should, should, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens there. But we got to get into our picks uh, this week, and we start with the uh, Chiefs and Washington. The Chiefs head to Washington to face the Washington Football Team, and I feel like the way I know the Washington the the, uh, the defense for the the defensive line for the, for Washington played a lot better last week. They got pressure on Jameis Winston, and I think they will do the same thing this week. But I just don't feel like it's going to matter because I think that Patrick Mahomes going to have a big week. He's going to throw at least three or four touchdown passes against this back seven, which is really really struggle for Washington. I feel like. Uh, Hill's going to have a big day. Kelsey's going to have a big day. I know they're going to be without Edward Solaire, but I don't think it's going to matter. I do think Washington moves the ball a little bit with Taylor Heineke. I feel like Gibson will have a pretty good day in the ground. But, but at the end of the day, I feel like Mahomes is obviously going to make, make more plays and less mistakes than Taylor Heineke. And that's why I got Kansas City beating the Washington football team 34-24. But, Justin, can Kansas City's defensive front contain Mahomes and can Heineke make enough plays for the Washington football team to pull the upset? I don't, I don't think so. I haven't really liked that. I think Washington Patrick's been a little bit better the last few weeks, but again, I just don't think they get enough, and I just think the secondary is going to get torched. I think they're going to pick the part in whatever they try to do. They have not been great, and you know, the defense too, I think that, you know, they should be better in what they're doing again. You know, they have one of the best pass rush, you know, um, Sweat's been really good. I don't Chase Young still has, I think, two sacks, I believe, right now, so I think once you get some pressure, I just don't think it's enough. I just don't think this secondary is good enough to slow down Kansas City at all. Um, and I think this would be a long day for Washington. I think they do score some points for Heineke just because Kansas City is not very good in the secondary as well. But I don't see Mahomes making too many mistakes in this game. And I think the Chiefs won this thing 34-28. The Pack got a big matchup in the NFC North. Justin, it was one of your best bets. You had the Packers um, mi- minus four and a half. Uh, for me, though, in this game, I feel like this is going to be a close competitive game. But it's, but uh, but as you even said, we were talking about the Raiders. The Bears were lucky last week. They were playing a team that that was not there. That the Raiders, I feel like that the Raiders were not were, out, were very out of sorts last week because because of the Gruden situation. I feel like they were out of sorts last week. And I, I think that the I think that this is going to be a close competitive game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the Packers, and I got the Packers winning it 24-20 because I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to make enough plays. I feel like Fields is going to make a mistake or two. I got the Packers beating the Bears 24-20 in Chicago, and Justin, that was one of your best bets. So, And, and we talked about that, so we'll go on to the next game. We got the Chargers heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. I think this is going to be a really, really fun game. It was one of my best bets. I think this game is going to be back and forth between these two teams. I think the Ravens are going to run the ball really well. I think Herbert's going to have a big day. But as I said in my best bets, I got the Chargers winning this game outright. I got them winning at 27-24. But, Justin, can Lamar Jackson outduel Justin Herbert for the Ravens to get their fourth straight win? I think they will. Um, I know Ravens really didn't play well for the first, like, three quarters of that game. They were down 19. They got some help with the Colts, kind of a couple fumbles there in the red zone. Um, but I like the way that they're they're kind of using Lamar this year. They're, he's been able to take some shots on the field, and it's, and it's been paying, out, uh, paying off with his arm this year. And I think on the run game, too, I just don't think um, – I, I just don't think Baltimore – or 
I just don't think the Chargers will be able to slow, slow down the run game. I think Lamar's going to have a big day in the air. I think he will on the ground as well. And uh, Sanders' comment, the Herbert versus Lamar, uh, the two MVP candidates so far, both these quarterbacks have been playing really, really well. Um, and I, I think, like, in total yards, like, right now, Lamar would rank, like, within – in uh, team-wise, like, he's better than, like, four, you know, than uh, 14 other teams total, you know, all the yards that Lamar has been racking up himself. So, I feel like Lamar's going to have a big day, you know, doing whatever he can. I think he – I think Baltimore does win this game 27-23. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it's a great comment by Xander. Two MVP – they are two MVP candidates because you've looked at Justin Herbert. That Chargers defense, it's been good, but they've been really bad against the run. They haven't been a great defense. Herbert, you know, you know, week week three able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. And then, and then last week, so impressive, keeping up with that Cleveland Browns offense. He was against a really – that's a yeah, really good – that's a top ten defense with the Browns. The way Herbert played last week, he, he was awesome. And here we go. If the Lamar we saw last week is – is Lamar we see watch out? Oh yeah, I mean the way yeah. you know, last week what he did, and 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 everyone's got to stop with the whole criticisms of you know he can't play from behind. He has proven this year that he can't play from behind. He's had two huge comebacks in prime time. That game against the Chiefs, the game last week against the Colts. I mean he was outstanding at the end of that game Monday night. I mean he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely watch out because he right now he is he is an elite quarterback. Oh absolutely, you know his arm is. Right now, the way they're using it with his arm now, it just makes him so much more dangerous. And, you know, the running direct he gives you, oh, yeah, you know, with the weapons. Like, if Marquise Brown, you know, like, your draft paths have been an issue for him. Like, if they can get Rashard Bateman on the field soon, um, I, I think he's going to be another really good wide receiver at this level, the NFL level. So, like, I, I think, you know, as once, like, they start to get more weapons for him, they could get, like, get another running back. I, I, they, I, it is, like, this, this Ravens offense would be really, really scary. Um, especially with Lamar Jackson at the head of it, uh, they they definitely have a shot still to you know compete with all their injuries. They still have a really good chance of, I think, in like the AFC Championship game. Oh, oh, oh! Without question, I mean both these teams, but both these teams have a really good shot. Mm-hmm. They're both these are Super Bowl contenders. Both of them have proved because of their quarterbacks that they're Super Bowl contenders. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I thought you know Chargers are still another year or two away, but it it really hasn't looked like it. Um, yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah, just he's taking another step forward, and yeah, they do they go up against that Cleveland's defense last week and what put up like forty nine points against them. That is impressive the way, and he just kept going out of the field every time um, answering answering the bell. So that was impressive by Herbert, and he's been unbelievable. They're absolutely both uh, Super Bowl contenders. Without question. We skipped over this game because it was one of my best bets, but we got we got the game in London this week as the Dolphins uh, traveled to London to face the Jaguars and. I do think the game's going to be a close competitive game. I do think that the Dolphins win it, but I think it's going to be a close competitive game. I got the Dolphins winning 23-16. to 16. It was one of my best bets that they were going to cover. But, Justin, can Trevor Lawrence avoid turning the ball over for the Jaguars to get their first win? Um, he's got to be able to do it. I have the Dolphins win this one 24-23. I think the Jaguars do keep it close in this game. I think they'll end up covering. Um, but – you know, the Dolphins, they only have two interceptions. It's something like last year where they had, you know, Xavier Howard had nine or ten on the year. Like, the, you know, Miami was great. They haven't been able to force the takeaways. They haven't, you know, they, they got the one against the Patriots that sealed that game on the da- Damian Harris fumble, but they really haven't been able to get that big turnover. Uh, now, it's, it's, it, it's hurt that, you know, Tua hasn't been there, you know, hasn't been the starting quarterback so far. But I think Lawrence makes enough plays to keep his team into it. He may make a mistake or two. Um, but I think, you know, 20 straight loss for the Jaguars. I think 
the good opportunity to get a win in this one, but I think, you know, the, the Dolphins just do enough defensively to get the win over um, to get the win over Jag- Jacksonville. And to another comment from Xander, he said, I wanted to say the Browns defense for how great they are gave up 1 million points to a high-powered offense. Dallas held them to under 20. Cowboys better D than than uh, better than the most think already have more turn yeah they forced turnovers I mean but in that game against the Chargers they still the Chargers still drove for over 300 yards in that they still had over Herbert also had over 300 passing yards and I feel like personally that was that was Herbert by far his worst game of the season so I I think again I think the Cowboys defense has improved. I just see, look, but looking at, but looking at the personnel, it's not as good as the Browns because you look at the Browns personnel. I mean, Miles Garrett's a, a complete a, a stud. I mean, you got Jadavion Clowney. Obviously, in the back end, you got Denzel Ward, and you got you got John Johnson. You got the rookie from Notre Dame who's playing well. I think the I would I would give the Browns the edge defensively if I had to, if I had a pick. Yeah, I still think the Browns. They just have so many. I think Mika Parsons is going to be a phenomenal. Um, to be a phenomenal defense player at this level. I need to be really, really good. Um, yeah, like in that game against the Chargers, like the Chargers were 1-4 in the red zone too. You know, they, they had like the three illegal shit penalties that, you know, that that one possession down there. Like I think the Chargers, yeah, were able to move the ball. The Cowboys are definitely better. They're, you know, and Dan Quinn's doing a really nice job, and I'm very interested to see how they keep improving throughout the season because they're going to. Um, and that the young talent's – Doing really well, so I, I think it's you know such a great sign for the young talent Dallas has on that end, or you know on the defensive end that they're they're playing at this high level so far, and, and they keep developing like they should. Um, Dallas is definitely getting better on that defensive side of the ball, but yeah, Cleveland right now just has too many stars. But definitely Dallas is definitely one of the most improved defenses in the league so far. Oh, 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 absolutely, absolutely, and then. And and and, and we yeah, and they said we'll bring we'll bring it up when we get to that game. Yes, yes. So uh, so uh, we'll look at uh, we got the Vikings traveling down to Carolina to face the Panthers this week, and uh, I think this is going to be an interesting game. I think this is these two teams are going to be really, really, you know, I think it's going to be close. This is going to be competitive, but I feel like the the Panthers are going to have Christian McCaffrey back next week. They're going to have success on the ground. I feel like Sam Darnold will have a bounce back week. He'll have a good week against the Vikings. I do think the Vikings are going to move the ball, but I'm going to go with the better defense in this game. I think that's what makes a difference. I got the Vikings. I know I got the Panthers beating the Vikings 27-24, but Justin can cook cousins and, uh, and Jefferson carry the Vikings to their second straight win. It's possible, but I have Carolina as well in this game, 24 to 21. Um, I think, you know, Cousins has been playing really well this year. That running game, you know, you without um, Madison's been really, really good when Cook's been out. Um, Carolina's been unbelievable on third down. They're only giving it up 25% of the time. You know, Minnesota's got to get third to convert uh, third down. They get third is short. Um, they got to protect the quarterback because Carolina's been really good at getting after the quarterback. Um, but I, I think Carolina's defense is going to be a little bit too much for Kirk Cousins in this um, Carolina team. Carolina should have won last week. That block punt, you know, kind of turned it all around. Donovan played great. Um, I, I think Cousins is going to make some plays, but it, especially against this young secondary, has played well. Um, but I, I think Carolina makes enough plays in this game to win it, 24-21. The Bengals, the Bengals, uh, uh, we got another comment before we get to that. Cool is is most likely. Um, Matt, 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 Matt
cool cook is out most it's most like okay good good, good, good right. thanks for correcting us so yeah but even if madison plays i still feel like yeah. he's gonna have a decent game because madison's a pretty good backup yeah he's been playing really really well like both games he's been over 100 yards the last few weeks so yeah it, you know it's great to, you know i think in the nfl you need like two running backs nowadays to, to um you know with all the injuries you know running backs had it's it's important to have those two backs so yeah madison's been really good as well so um i still yeah carolina will still win this game got the Bengals traveling to detroit to face the lions this week and uh i think the lions have played hard but they just got too many injuries on that offensive line Ragnall is now out for the season uh, taylor decker is still on ir and i feel like the Bengals front four is going to get pressure on jared goff force a turnover or two and i feel like the Bengals are going to be able to I, I think the lions will play hard stay in the game for the first half but i think the Bengals eventually take over in the second half that's why i got the Bengals beating the lions 24 to 13 but justin we know that dan campbell has this lions team playing hard can they continue to do that and get their first win? I think they play hard. I don't think they win it. I got the Bengals win the same 27-21. I think the Bengals are going to play a lot of close games like they did last week where it just kind of comes down, something fluky, weird, kind of odd situations. I think you're going to see that a lot from the Bengals. Again, for the Lions, it's been absolutely heartbreaking. At one point, too, like the, what does it start like affecting the Lions, too, like mentally, of, you know, um, but I, I think they continue to play hard. I think Joe Burrow's going to make some plays. I think, you know, um, Jared Goff will as well. I think Swift could have a decent day on the ground. Bengals' defense will playing well. Um, I, I think Detroit's going to keep this thing interesting. I really do. I think they play hard. I just think Joe Burrow just makes too many, you know, makes more plays than Jared Goff does in the passing game. Uh, and the Bengals find a way to, to get out of the game with a win. We have a AFC match, AFC South matchup in Indianapolis as the Colts face the Texans, the one, the one, two, two, one and four teams. But I think the one and four team with much more talent is going to win this game by a couple scores. I think Jonathan Taylor's going to be able to run the ball. I think Carson Wentz makes mistake free. I think that the the Colts defense forced a turnover uh, from Davis, Davis Mills, and I got the Colts twenty-seven to thirteen over the Texans. And Justin, I feel like you got the same. Yeah, I got 24-17. Um, I got the Colts win this one. I think the Texans are going to keep it close. Uh, Texans just shot themselves in the foot too many times. I think the Colts, after a heartbreaking loss, they pretty much blew that game. I think, you know, keep it – I think they keep the Texans around in this game. Um, but I feel like once makes enough plays it, you know, over Davis Mills and the Colts find a way to win the game. And, a Dan, and we got a comment from Xander. We got a guy. Dan Campbell has Lions fans wanting them to hire – DC for a long time time contract with with the way they play with with the way they play with the way they played under him yeah yeah we'll see yeah, we'll see if he's going to be the guy beginning I think I think the way it's looked the way they played it looks like he's going to be the guy but we'll see going forward if he's going to be the guy but we got to continue to go on to the games and we got a huge game in Cleveland as the Cardinals with Kyler we got a matchup of two former Oklahoma quarterbacks as Baker Mayfield and the Browns host Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and I think this is going to be a close competitive game. Late game, expect to be a little bit windy in, in Cleveland, and that's why I got the Browns winning this game. I feel like they're going to be able to control the run game. The, one of the biggest weakness of the Cardinals is their run defense, so I think the Cardinals run – the uh, Browns definitely run for over 100 yards. I feel like Murray plays well, but I feel like he turns the ball over once in this game, and I think that makes a difference. I think Baker Mayfield, even though he's not the better quarterback, I feel like he has a better running game, and I feel like he's the quarterback who's going to make less mistakes in this game. So that's why I got the Browns beating the Cardinals 27-20, to and Justin – this was one of your best bets as you had the Browns covering in this game over the Cardinals. Yeah, I do. Um, I do have the Browns winning this game 28-23. The last time I clicked, I clicked Kingberry team, I started 5-0. It was first year at Texas Tech. 
the starting quarterback of that team was Baker Mayfield, the walk-on. So, um, and Baker was supposed to get a scholarship at the end of the year, and Cliff never gave it to him. So, some hard feeling here for Baker. So, I think he plays well. I think he beats his former coach. And uh, I think they get the win 28-23. I think they play well. I think they get the running game going. And I think they do enough to keep Kyle Murray off the field just enough to win this game. We got the C- rematch of Super Bowl 40 as we got the Seahawks traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. And I think in this game, I feel like the Steelers are starting to find kind of find an identity last week. And that's running the ball with Najee Harris. I feel like their offensive line has improved. It wasn't bad against the Packers, and it was good last week against the Broncos. I feel like the big that and that, and that uh, lessens a load off Big Ben. So Big Ben really can only manage the game. I feel like Big Ben, that's all he has to do this week is manage the game. I feel like the run game and the defense will, will do enough for the Steelers to win the game because I feel like the defense will force a turnover. You know, Geno Smith looked good last week. I feel like the Steelers defense is going to force a turnover from Geno Smith. And that's why I got the Steelers going to three and three. I got the Steelers beating the Seahawks 20 to 13. But Justin, can Geno Smith make enough plays? for the Seahawks to pull the upset. It's going to be tough against a very good uh, Steelers defense. Gino, yeah, looked pretty good when he came in in a tough spot. Kept the team competitive for a while. Um, weren't able to pull out the win there, but I think the Steelers do enough defensively in this game to kind of, um, you know, um, do enough defensively. I think they slow him down enough. Um, Cook, you know, got some weapons, you know, in Metcalf. Um, probably no Chris Carson, so – you know, but Alex Hans is a decent back as well that they have. Um, so I, I, I think you know, the Steelers are going to be able to do enough. They're going to create a couple of turnovers, make some short fields for Ben Roethlisberger and that offense to do enough to win this game. Um, I think their defense plays well. And I think, you know, we'll see how Geno looks and how with the full week and Pittsburgh's able to kind of prep for him for a full week. But I get the Steelers win this one 21-20. And Xander put a comment. If Baker wins this Sunday, he'll be extended by Cleveland next day. I wouldn't say the next day. I think Cleveland's waiting for the end of the year. They're seeing how this year ends up, but they're not going to extend him the next day. I think Cleveland's just waiting to see how this year ends up. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, especially if he can lean on the Super Bowl, uh, you know, one hundred percent. You know, they'll, they'll give him what he wants. But um, they, you know, um, they, it'll be a big one for him. He, you know, to knock off, you know, the undefeated Cardinals. I be a nice, really nice statement one for uh, Cleveland. Uh, yes, 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 exactly, exactly. But we got to get to the Monday night game, and that's between the Bills and the Titans. I mean, the Titans are a good team, but they're not the Bills. They, the Bills' defense, and I think the biggest reason why the Bills are, are clearly the best team in the AFC and arguably the best team in football is because of the improvement of this defense. You know, they drafted a kid from Miami, the defensive end from Miami. Ed Oliver has improved. Jerry Hughes has been, Jerry Hughes has been good. Their secondary is really good with Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and Tredavious White. Good at linebacker with Tremaine Edwards. Their defense is 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 top ten, arguably top five. They, they held, they contained Patrick Mahomes last week. I think they're going to do the same thing with the Titans' offense. And I think offensively, I think they're going to be able to you know run the ball with 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 with. I think Josh Allen's going to have a big week. I think be able to run the ball with Singletary and Moss. I think Josh Allen's going to have a good week. And I got the Bills going to five and one, winning thirty one to twenty over the Titans. But Justin, can Derrick Henry? have a huge game and keep the Bills offense off the field for the Titans to pull the upset. That needs to be tough. I got the Bills win this game 31 to 24. Uh, last year on 19 carries, Derrick Henry only 57 yards. I know the Titans blew him out, but it was like the turnovers um really affected the Bills last last or it wasn't Monday, right? It was it was, it was, it was a Tuesday it was a Tuesday was game a Tuesday. because of COVID. Oh, yeah. It got moved. It okay. got moved. Yes, okay I do remember that now. Yes. It was one of those yeah the Tuesday games but 
Um, the Bills, yeah, defensively have been great, stopping the run. Um, that like the addition too, you know, like you mentioned, Oliver, and then star um, Luata as well. Like just another Latulier, Latulier. He out last year. That's a uh, that is a good run stuffer yeah. in the middle. That's 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 that uh, that's a that's an addition that no one really saw as being an addition as being a you know, that was a guy coming back that no one really talked about. That was a good addition. Mm-hmm. That was a really really good. Uh, uh, that was good for him to come back for the Bills. Yeah, absolutely, because he's been great in the in you know stuff in the run this year. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Bills kind of do enough with him. I think they slow down Henry enough. I think it'll more than fifty seven yards. Um, and actually, we'll look at this. And, and 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 we got two two comments. The, the reason Josh Allen says numbers don't look good is because they steamroll teams. Yeah, great comment there. Yeah, they they they're winning the game. They don't. He doesn't need to throw for three hundred yards and five touchdowns. He can really just you know throw for two hundred yards and, and two touchdowns and win the games because they've as as Xander's comment has been has been the only team in the NFL right now with not one but two shutouts and they shut out the Dolphins and they shut out at the Texans okay. and yeah those weren't great offenses but. As, as our man Joe Aguirre always says, you got to play you're going up against, and 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 the Bills carried that over to Sunday night when they contained the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Allen hasn't had the it hasn't you know there hasn't been a ton of shoulders yet. Um, you know, last week again, like it's you know they absolutely blew him out. They didn't really need to have to make some big plays in the second half there. Um, he's done what he's had to do, and you know since that week one game, they they really play even a week. Um, you know, week one he, he played pretty well, but they, you know, since week one this offense has really kind of got it clicking, and they're they're playing well. He's done what he's had to do, um, and I think it's really helped the Bills too that they've really gotten that running game going because it just brings that different element. And you know, they couldn't really do that last year, and I think it's also taken some weight off um, off of Josh Allen's shoulder. So, yeah, and for the Bills, the two shutouts, yeah, obviously as you mentioned, they it's not great offenses, but still to get a shutout and. You know, 2021 with the offenses, you know, just how progressive the offense has been. It's still impressive. So, um, and, and, yeah, Sanders comment, adding Manuel Sanders as well. And, and Diggs, Diggs absolutely. Oh, last yeah, year yeah, yeah, yeah. Diggs last year was, was the trade, I feel like, that turned that team around, that Stefan Diggs trade turned the team around. And then add, and adding Emmanuel Sanders added depth to that receiving core. Yeah. And, and yeah, it helped at the vertical, but absolutely did. Absolutely did. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they burnt the Chiefs and, you know, um, and uh, this comment here, it crazy they didn't give up. Yeah, yeah um, it's crazy that they yeah. didn't give a field goal. That's hard. Yeah, That's yeah. As, as we said with that defense, yeah. You know, they played bad teams when they, when they, when they, when they shut them out. They were bad offenses because Tua was hurt and the Texans offense is terrible. But again, in 2021, if you could shut out anyone you could shut out in the NFL with the way the rules are, that's a big accomplishment to have two shutouts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did not like give up. You know, where, yeah, because, you know, not to give up a drive where it's like, okay, they're kind of bonus in, you know, Google territory. It didn't, didn't really happen those two games. So, yeah, it's, it's been um, crazy what the Bills have been able to get the two shutouts so far. And um, they're going to face another really good offense. But the way the defense is playing, I feel like they, they do enough to shut them down. It's, you know, this defense is really, really improved. And um, they have like the easy schedule left in the NFL. So they could really go like 14 to three here, you know, when they say FC. You know, um, been I have you know they're right now the clear shot or not a host right now with their schedule. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up with the NFL. But we got a key player that the Nets might not have this year in the NBA. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. 
Attention all basketball fans. CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. That is the posting a podcast. Check that out with Lucas, with Lucas, Sean, uh, Isaiah, and Riley. He was on the show uh, yesterday. I don't know if he's going to be a regular, but he was on the show yesterday. So make sure you check out the posting a podcast as the NBA season starts on uh, uh, less than a week from today. So six days till the NBA regular season starts, and 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 the season will start with the Nets traveling to Milwaukee to face the Bucks. But they're going to be without one of their better players in Kyrie Irving. As he, as the Nets have pretty much banned him from practices and games until he gets vaccinated. And listen, I get it. I don't want this to. to I don't want this to get political. It is a personal choice for people to get vaccinated. I, obviously, I got vaccinated, but it is a personal choice for people to get the vaccine. But where Kyrie, I feel like, is in the wrong in this situation is is when you're a part of a team and one of your requirements is and and for the Brooklyn Nets because they play in New York, they need they they won't let anybody who's unvaccinated to be let in the Barclays center one of the, so if that's one of the rules, uh, I feel like you have to get the vaccine. I feel like Kyrie, I know it's a personal choice, but when it's a rule and you're on a team, I feel like you have to be vaccinated. That's why I feel like Kyrie is in the wrong here, not being vaccinated. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's just a personal choice. It's, you know, it's, it's your right. If you want to get back there or not, you know, um, I just, you know, the thing I, you know, I look, the Nets are doing the right thing by this. Um, I, um, as this comment here, yeah, as, and uh, we got a comment. as an athlete, Irving cares about what he puts in his body. So just, just trade him to a different team. The Nets could do him a favor. The Nets could do him a favor and just trade him to a different team. But who knows? Say he gets traded to, to, to say some, some crazy reason gets traded to the Warriors. The same thing would apply there, but they probably, obviously they probably wouldn't because it's, it's it. It's, they, they, have, they, they probably wouldn't do that because they, but if they, if they want to, yeah, I mean, maybe if they, that probably would be maybe the best option for Kyrie Irving uh, going forward if, if, if this still becomes an issue. Yeah, you know, I just, yeah, because I know he's come out, because the thing I just don't understand with him is if, um, Actually, I see Jason's. If he gets traded, yeah, I could, I could see that too. I could see that. I could see him staying retired. I, I mean, you know, because I could, because. And I hate doing this to a professional athlete, but I really think with Kyrie, you actually have to, you know, wonder what his heart is for the game. Like, does he really love the game? Because I know he says, oh, you know, like he, you know, has, you know, because what is his excuse for not taking it? Like, can you give us a reason why? Because he hasn't done that. Like, maybe there's a reason why I go, okay, I can see why you're not getting back. But, like, you're not even giving us a reason. So, like I do, because it's like we've seen that he, he took his birthday off last year. It's like, dude, you're making like thirty million dollars. Just play a game. You're supposed to love it. Like I would love to play a bat NBA basketball game on my birthday. But like I think you really have to question his heart and of where it's in basketball. So I could totally see that they trade him. I could totally see him just saying, "I'm I'm going." And again, I think this is why the Nets got James Harden because Kyrie's a head case. Yeah, they don't trust him. Nobody trusts Kyrie Irving. I mean, his talent. He's top top ten talent. His talent is in the top ten in the league. I'm taking twenty guys. Easily over Kyrie Irving right now. Easily over Kyrie Irving. Absolutely, because you know they they'll play. You know you you, you don't know what's going to go out Kyrie from week to week. 
man, one week to next week, he's gone, and you have no idea what he's what he's up to. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's a terrific player. He's one of the great. You know what he can do with the ball as a point guard. He's one of the best at it. He's so fun to watch when the ball's in his hands. But um, I just, I just don't, I, I just don't know if um, I don't know if they, they can keep up or the Nets can kind of just you know keep them right now. It just they, again, it's just it's a thorn in the side. It's a thorn in the team that you know this. It's just not fair to the rest of the team that this is going on. This is kind of. We got a couple of comments. Oh, uh, uh, one of the comments is the only option is to trade him to a Texas team. Yeah, I mean we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think the Mavs are going to want to deal with this nonsense. I think the Texas no. team will end up on is the Rockets. It'll be the Rockets. I mean, the Spurs and Mavs they, they don't want to, they, they don't want to deal with it. They will not want to deal with it. Those organizations don't want to deal with it. So if he ends up on a Texas team, in my opinion, it'll be the Rockets. And uh, Xander said it's going to be impossible to move him with 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 his condition. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, and, and, and no, yeah, no one's really going to want him. I mean, with, with him not being vaccinated and going and, and going through a pandemic, I feel like no one's going to really want him. No, and yeah, and I wouldn't. I'm like, because you're going to, because the Nets are going to want stuff back. Like they're going to want like some a big haul back. And if you're, I know that if you're the opposing GM, why would you give up big haul for a guy that you have no idea what you're getting? Yeah, like he may retire the next day. He may sit out the next three months. Like yeah, like yeah. It's impossible to trade him. You have no idea what Kyrie's going to play or retire. Yeah, you can't. You can't move him as a, G, as a point GM. There's, I, a GM cannot be dumb enough to trade for him. It, it not, not knowing if, if his status, if, he, if he's going to play or not. Yeah, and before we wrap up this, are we surprised this is happening to Kyrie Irving? This has been going on for years with him. 2017, doesn't want to play with LeBron James. We should have known then that this guy was a head case. Uh, two, 2000 and, uh, 2019, he completely holds a, 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 he holds J, a Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown back with the Celtics. Uh, you know, last year taking time off. This is just – and now this. This has just been a consistent trend with Kyrie Irving. I mean, and, and there's no surprise he's – this is, this is going on with Kyrie. No, not. And then even when you could add with the Celtics fans back in um, 2018, 19, you know, we told all the team took it a little job. I'm new here for a lifetime. And so he wanted to get the heck out of Boston as soon as possible. So he kind of lied to the fan base in Boston. Yeah, he's been an absolute head case wherever he's gone. Um, you know, and he kind of owns it to KD to kind of win a title with them. Um, but again, I, it, Kyrie's all about himself and, Again, he called everybody in the media's pawns. Like, I, he's kind of the guy that just thinks he's better than everybody else, and it's it is what it is. You can't really, you know, you can't really get to him. You can't really ask him. He just thinks he's better than everybody, and you know, unfortunate. But he can think any way he wants, and that, I think that's the way he thinks. And it's unfortunate. He's been a total head case wherever he goes. Absolutely, absolutely. We got a comment. Uh, I know in Texas there's no vaccine mandatory, so yeah, I wouldn't mind a John Wall trade. I think that you know you don't get as much. He's not a, John Wall is not as talented, but he, uh, I feel like John Wall, if he went to the Nets, he he would he would know his role as the, th- as the third best player on that team behind James Harden and Kevin Durant. Yeah, absolutely. He would. Um, yeah, not the same guy. It'd be nice for John Wall to kind of compete for that, that title. He hasn't really had that chance yet at Washington or Houston. So yeah, you know I. Maybe that that could be in the cards there, um, depending on what the Nets want or if the Nets want to deal. But yeah, I could see that me um, being a possibility. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 said, like I said, 
like I said, what do you expect from a platter? Yeah, that's a good joke there. That's a good joke there, Xander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just Kyrie Irving. It just, I just feel like he just can't figure it out. Just can't, just, just can't be a team player. And that, that's been his demise in the league. He has the talent of a, you know, a, 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 a he has the talent of, you know, he has the talent of a Luka Doncic, a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, a James Harden. He has the talent of those guys. Just, just, you just can't play with others. And I feel like that's, that, that's what's going to be his demise in his career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, I remember hearing, you know, he wanted to come to the Nets. He grew up playing for the Nets. He uh, lived, I think, on Long Island, I believe, or somewhere, you know, somewhere in New York he lived. You know, he grew up a Nets fan, and you would think it would be a dream, and he'd love to play every opportunity he gets, but, yeah, it just hasn't. And he's the type of guy I would say if he was, like, eight, like, if you don't like playing on the team, go play golf or tennis, you know, go go play an individual sport because, yeah, he does not seem like a team player. Absolutely, absolutely. So the Red Sox are heading to the ALCS. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. So the Red Sox on Monday night advanced to the ALCS as they beat the Rays three games to one in the division series. And uh, the big story was with the Red Sox was their offense. And it's and it really got going, you know, once, you know, as, as it, it, because it looked bleak for the Red Sox, you know, in game two and when the Rays hit the grand slam off Chris Sale. Sale was done after one inning. But, but, in, that, but in that third inning, you know, they got back in the game. Bogarts hit a homer. Uh, Verdugo hit a homer. Then Kike Hernandez, who was great in the series for the Red Sox, he ties the game in the in the uh, in, in 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 the in the in the fifth inning. Then JD comes through and hits that big three run homer. Then Devers finishes off. Sox win game two. Then game three, tough start. Meadows home run, but you know it, it was it, it was uh, it was Devers and and uh, Hernandez. It was Devers and Hernandez again getting big big hits. Uh, Hernandez again hitting that home run, go up four two. Bullpen gave it up. And then obviously the play everyone wants to talk about the controversial play, and we'll get to it with the with the uh, with the ground rule double. But then, uh, the, then you know the run doesn't score. You know Pavetta, Pavetta gets the strikeout, and then Christian Vasquez hits a home run, puts them up two one. And then in game and then in game four they got off to the red hot start. You know with with Devers with with J with JD and and uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to his comment later. But uh, yeah, I mean with, with Devers and JD they got up five nothing. Race came back though. Well, Rosarina and Franco were great in the series, but you knew with second, third, and one out, Key K was going to do something productive. He gets the sack fly, sends the Red Sox to the ALCS. Justin, your thoughts on the Red Sox advancing? Yeah, you know, yeah, he got down one nothing, and Shane McClanahan shut him down. That offense could do absolutely nothing. And then game two, they got they got down five two very quickly, and you know they got to Shane Baez, who again like the Rays. This is the problem when you don't have a true starting pitcher and your plans kind of get blown up. And that's kind of what happened. And, you know, they their bullpen couldn't get outs and the Red Sox kind of took advantage. And, you know, they kind of been rolling since since game two. Uh, you know, when they put up 14 or yeah, 14 runs, they had over 20 hits and um, just absolutely rolling. Yeah, Hernandez right now is batting 435 in the playoffs, you know, 10 hits already and 23 at-bats. Like, he's been um, unbelievable. Um, you know, scoreboards, you know, Kyle Schwarber's been a nice pickup. So, yeah, you know, again, the offense has been able to do enough. And, you know, the bullpen, Garrett Whitlock, closed it down. It's unfortunate that the Yankees gave him up. But, 
you know, the bullpen's still a bit of an issue kind of right now outside of a Whitlock and, you know, who can they, who can they, um, you know, who else can kind of step up for the team? But as long as the offense keeps going the way they do, they've been great. And, and then Erod too gets absolutely rocked in game one and then comes out and he looked like a side young pitcher the other night. He it shut down this lineup. So again, I think that's yet again, where Alex core just, again, just pushes the right buttons every single time. And, I think he's now 15 and four in the postseason. He's been unbelievable in postseason. So um, this Red Sox team is just, you know, kind of just feels like, you know, the last few times they've won a World Series where just everything kind of goes right and just kind of all the pieces fall in the place for him. And you brought up Alex Cora, you know, success in the postseason. I feel like he completely outmanaged Kevin Cash in his series. Uh, Kevin Cash is a top manager in the game, but what was he doing pulling McHugh? after two innings. That was a terrible move. He goes, to, he does go to his ace, McClanahan, but you got to ride the hot hand. You, you got to ride the hot hand. McHugh was through two shutout innings. You should not have, you should have left him in because right after that, the Rays scored five runs. And I think that, that that was by far the worst decision in the series by Kevin Cash. And I think it all, could have very easily ultimately cost him the series. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, it's, and I found out this too about analytics. They don't believe, they don't believe in dealing in hot hands as a pitcher. Oh. So they're He's getting got to stop trusting this stuff in the postseason. It burned him last year with Blake Snell and it burned him again this year. Yes, it did. And I don't think he'll ever learn. And it just, I think again, like he's a good manager, but he just does what the book tells him to. It just, they just do what they tell him to do. And, they told him to got come with two after two innings, and that's what he did. And, you know, again, we had yet again, House Court has a trust of the ownership to make his own decisions. The Rays don't. And, you know, it, it costs them. And that's why they, they're – again, last year they got the World Series. But, you know, they got there in a way. But, like, this is why they're a regular season team. They don't they, – they're just not built for the postseason baseball. And that's the issue. And, yeah, San, uh, Alex Corey, yeah, the – yeah. Manager in baseball, and that's a good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, he, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't take any nonsense. He, he just, he just, he just does what he is. He goes with his gut. He goes with his gut. He doesn't. I mean, he's not completely an analytics guy the way Kevin. I like Kevin Cash, but Kevin Cash is too into the analytics. I mean, yeah. and the other thing for the Rays this year, they just weren't built for postseason baseball. I knew when Glass now went out. I even know as a Yankee fan, if we played them, we got a shot in the ALDS because they they're not built for it, and, and they proved that with their with their with their starters uh, not lasting more than two innings. No, yeah, no, I mean, really, they, it's really. Outside of game one, a starter didn't go more than three innings yeah. for the race. No, and that's yeah, that's the issue, and it's just taxing. They, you know, I think by far their bullpen put up the most um, innings thrown. So, and then yeah, like Yarbrough is kind of like that one guy, but he struggled. They kept him off the postseason roster. They. Wanted to use Luis uh, Patino in game four to pitch, but then they, they had to burn him in game three to, you know, in the extra innings game. So, yeah, it's just – it's tough to rely on rookies. You know, McClane was great game one, but, you know, he kind of came in relief in game four and, and he got rocked. Like, it's it's tough to really rely on the rookies. Like, Baez or Shane Baez, again, he made three starts before this. It's tough to for a guy like that to come into postseason baseball and make a big start like that. Like, you know – yeah, they're not built, and their bullpen's great, but it just you know they don't they don't have stars and all that. But it's tough when you yeah you don't have that glass out. You know they lost Blake, so now that was a good thing they got rid of him because he struggled in San Diego. But like they don't you know they don't have those guys, so yeah, it, it hurts them in the postseason baseball when it outs are so much more crucial and they're so much more stressful. So 
it puts so much more stretch on the pit, um, you know, stre- stress on the pitchers in these big moments. So it's it's tough. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I think the two biggest things why the why the uh, why the Red Sox won the series. One, we hit on the starting pitching. Yeah, the Red Sox starting pitching wasn't great, but at least Evaldi and Erod went five innings in game three, games three and four. So their starting pitching was better. And number two, the big bats for the Red Sox showed up. I mean, J.D. Martinez, when he was in there, the three games he was in there, he showed up. Uh, Rafael Devers had a huge home run in game, game four, and then he had a home run to clinch the game in game two. Uh, Xander Bogarts, he got, them, he got them going. Without him, they're down like at least five. They're down five, they're down five to one or five to nothing to start that game. They're, they're in really bad shape going to the fifth inning of game two. So Xander Bogarts, those three bats showed up. For the Rays, Brendan Lau was absolutely terrible, terrible in this series. He was terrible in the postseason last year. Uh, Nelson Cruz, outside of that home run, he hit in game one off the catwalk. He wasn't good. And then Austin Meadows, really outside of that two-run homer, he wasn't great too. The uh, the the bats for the Reds, the starting pitching was deeper, and the bats were better for the Red Sox, and that's why they're going to the ALCS and the Rays aren't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I see Zan, um, Sanders' comment. Yeah, Bogarts, I, I think he, you know, I think he, with all the great shorts on this game, I really think he goes under value. Yeah, I think he does make that team go. Um, I think he's one of the captains there. Um, I think, you know, he's going to get a big contract. I think his contract's up in two more years, and they gave it to him um, in 19. So, yeah, I, I do think he's the best player in that team. You know, he's been the starter. You know, and I think he goes undervalued in the league for all the great shorts that we have. Um, but, yeah, going back to your point, yeah, the big bat showed up. You know, J.D. was playing on one ankle most at Sears, and he still had seven hits. Or You know, like, um, Schwarber was a great addition. You know, Kike, Kike's a guy that's been in the World Series. He's been with the Dodgers for many years. He knows how to get the big hits in the big situations. You know, the lights aren't bright, you know. He knows how to hit when the you know when the lights are the brightest. So, yeah, like that team, you know, Vasquez, who you know really really struggled most of the year, had to you know hits a walk off in Game Three. Like you know, they just got guys that hit. They were just clutch hitters, and you know, Baldy was good. Erod was good. Sale struggled, but Pavetta came out of the bullpen in Game Three. It's unbelievable, and you know they couldn't. The Rays couldn't touch them. So, yeah, you know, the Red Sox team right now, it's just they're they're feeling good and they're they're playing really really well and um it's scary because the team's only gonna get better yeah 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 i mean i mean and now they're on to the next step and that's and they're playing now the classy american league that's the houston astros the houston astros you know were, were they, they were they were they handled the white Sox pretty easily won that game in uh and it was, it was in it. the Sox have championship dna they have guys that have they, they have they have guys that's been there and done that at the highest stages. Yeah, Kike Hernandez, Kyle Schwarber. The Kyle Schwarber move, the other people didn't think he fit. That move turned out to be a really good move because, remember, he was there with the Cubs. Because Kike Hernandez, he was there with the Dodgers. Uh, and that complements the three really good hitters with J.D. Martinez and uh, and J.D. Martinez, oh, Rafael Devers, and Xander Bogart. That They're a good complement to that. And, actually, Alex Verdugo is a good complement to those guys, too, because yeah. Alex Verdugo has been with the Dodgers as well. So, just yeah, it just they have that championship DNA, but they also are facing a team at that all they're facing a team in the in the uh, ALCS that has championship DNA, and that's the Houston Astros. You know, this team has been the best team in the American League the last five years. They are the most talented team in the American League. I mean, I mean, if you look at that lineup, that lineup is awesome. And really, outside of Guriel, everyone had a good series. And and and, and good, I'm rooting for Houston. I'm rooting for Houston for the exact same reason. Yes, I'm bitter that they cheated against the Yankees, but I'm rooting for Houston because there is not a manager in baseball that deserves it more than Dusty Baker. He's been close. We remember with the Giants, you know, he lost that World Series in in 2002. 
with the Cubs, you know, he got back to the NLCS and, you know, he had that, in, that he had the Bartman incident. So he's probably the, one of the best managers in baseball, not to win a championship. That's why I'm definitely rooting for Houston in this series. And for this series, I think that Houston's bats, I mean, no disrespect to Boston. They've had a great year, but I think Houston's bats are just going to be too much for them. Their lineup is the best in baseball. They got guys who get it for power with, you know, with, with Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley. They got guys who, you know, guys who have power in Jordan Alvarez. And Carlos Correa, they got guys who could hit for average, and you know uh, Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley. You got Kyle Tucker, which that's been big. He stepped up. Yeah, he stepped up because you know they they needed somebody to fill the void of George Springer, and he's done that. So their lineup is outstanding this year. So I think Houston. No disrespect to the Red Sox, but I think Houston definitely wins the series. I'll give the Red Sox two games, and here's the reason why: I give them two games because the Astros' depth in their rotation and how good the Red Sox offense is and how good the Red Sox hit at home. That's why I give them two games. I think they'll win both of them at home. But eventually, I'm going to take the more talented team. And the Red Sox fans probably like this because I picked against them against the Yankees and the Rays. So maybe they like the fact I'm picking against them. But I got to go with the Astros and six to go to their third World Series in five years. Yeah, I I got the Astros too. Um, I I think, yeah, five, six games, I think this thing goes. um, I think – you know, I, I think it would be a slugfest. I think both offenses are going to put up some some uh, some runs because I think bullpen wise, I think the Astros have a little bit of the advantage right now, especially kind oh, of Ast- late in Astros game. have the Astros have the clear advantage in the bullpen. I think that's the clear advantage. Starting pitching, I give the Astros a slight edge. Uh, offense, I give the Astros a slight edge. But the big edge in this series, which is the bullpens, because uh, yeah, because late in the game, the Red Sox, as you remember, they had two two run leads against the Rays going into the eighth inning, and they gave up gave both those up. Yeah. Yeah, because they just don't really trust too many guys right now. So, again, I think that's going to be a problem because the Astros will feast off that. But, you know, couldn't, and I know Ryan Tarpa was talking the White Sox reliever saying that they all they cheated. Again, can we just get rid of that? These guys are just good hitters. Like yeah, These guys know, are I such know. great yeah. hitters. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe they did they did cheat. But, look, it, it, again, they, they're not dumb enough to do it again. This, this team is just loaded offensively. Correa again yesterday the big two be um, two RBI single, um, you know Brigman's batting four thirty five he had a big series like they they just have so many great hitters. Um, I'm, uh, it says it. Yeah, 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 Dusty Baker. Yeah, he was given the yeah Dusty Baker yeah. was given this team in, a, in an awful situation and now he's got him competing for a title. I mean, it, yeah, it, I mean you could argue you know the punishment wasn't that as well, the punishment wasn't yeah. severe because they didn't suspend any of the players and they fired AJ Hinch because the. And then, you know, firing AJ Hinch, the Astros end up upgrading at manager because uh, because Dusty because with Dusty Baker and a good and a comment for Xander. Dusty, <laughs> don't play that cheating game. No, no, no. And, and and I don't think he is. He's not. Dusty's done an outstanding job, and Xander's right about that. No, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think the Astros are dumb enough to do it again. Even though they didn't get punished, they they would the second time I think they ever did it. They're not, but um yeah, like this Astro team without Tuve. I really would love to see the Yankees get Carlos Correa. I, he is such a great postseason hitter. Um, but, like, yeah, like Miles Tucker stepped up. Um, like, Lance McCullough has been a ton of big games as, as a starter. Like, you know, he got out of the big jam yesterday that kind of turned, you know, um, kind of got him out of that inning yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So, yeah, I think the, the, Astros, the Red Sox are going to put up some points with or some runs. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring series. But, yeah, I, I see the Astros being able to get those big outs late in games. And I think the Red Sox, outside of Whitlock, are going to struggle to get those outs. And I think it's going to make the difference. And the Astros are fifth straight year that they're in the ALCS. So, I, you know, the Astros know how to win. The Red Sox do, too. They both have – a lot of these guys have all, you know, championships. But 
I do think the out- Astros outlast them. Yeah, it should be a very interesting series. But we got to go on to the National League. We got a big, big game five on uh, on Thursday night as the Giants face the Dodgers. The game will be in San Francisco. You got Julio uh, Urias against uh, against Logan Webb. Logan Webb pitched really, really well in in uh, in, in game one of the series. And 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 and, uh, and 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 Xander's made a comment. This series can come down to which team steals an away game. Yeah, a very, very yeah. Good, good point about the Red Sox Astros series there. But back back to the National League and and uh, to recap the Giants Dodgers series. Obviously, game one, Giants did it. With, Giants did it. Uh, uh, did it with what got them there all year with the starting pitching of Logan Webb and the home runs from you know Brandon Crawford, Chris uh, Chris Bryant, and Buster Posey. Uh, in game two, I felt like the Dodgers. You know. They, 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 they started to hit, you know, obviously they had, uh, you know, Betts, Betts got, Betts got a pretty big hit early in the game. He had Bellinger got a huge hit. Pollock and Bellinger back to back got huge hits. Uh, that, that pretty much clinched that pretty much clinched game two. game three. I mean, great pitching pours from Max Scherzer, but it was wasted because of how good the giants bullpen was in that game. They got pretty much got, they got, I think 16 or 17 outs to win that game to go up two one. And then last night I thought, Gabe Kapler made a bad move. I made a bad move pulling the starter, and now I because he's now going to hope to hope Logan Webb as a, as a, is, is great tomorrow night because that was a bad move by Gabe Kapler. I feel like he's burned out his bullpen, uh, and then, and then obviously last night the Dodgers Mookie bets the home run, Will Smith the home run in the eighth inning at two two. Looking at this game five, I'm going with the Dodgers. I like your uh, your your AS. He won tw- your your AS. He won twenty games last this year. Uh, Logan Webb is good, but and he lacks experience. Urias does, but I feel like he's the better pitcher, and I feel like the Dodgers, even though their bullpen isn't as good, it's the more rested bullpen. And the thing is, the Dodgers are the better team. They got the better roster. They got the better players. I know the Giants have a very good chance of winning at home, but I'm going to go with the Dodgers in Game Five to get to the NLCS. And this would be the this would be the fourth time in five years they would get to the NLCS. I'm actually going to take the team of destiny in the San Francisco Giants, a team that they just keep finding ways to win. Um, I think they find a way tomorrow. Yeah, Webb pitched really well. You know, you hope he can pitch like he did um, back in game one here. Um, where, yeah, seven to two thirds, you know, 10 Ks, five hits, no runs. He was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I worry about the Giants bullpen. They used pretty much everybody out of that pen last night. And as I mentioned with the race, too, it's like the same thing. It's just so so much more stressful. They, you know, Taylor Rogers pitched 29, you know, pitches um, – the other night on um, Monday night, last night he came back in and had, you know, through another inning, wasn't as sharp. So, you know, like, again, it's just so much, you know, so much more stress or high level, you know, stress to get out. Um, you know, I, I think this giant team, they find a way to scratch enough for a day. Julio Reyes, you know, 20 games, 20 game winner. It's, it, it's crazy with the Dodgers that like, you, you know, like he's kind of like the guy nobody really talks about, but he's been unbelievable. Um, like, yeah, the Dodgers have such a, you know, like Chris Taylor batting eighth. He was an all-star this year. You know, it, it hurts the Giants that they don't have Brandon Belt. But Bellinger I think home, stepping, Bellinger stepping yeah, up Bellinger the big too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's – I know he's strong, but, like, he's an MVP. Like, like he's still really – he's still a dangerous guy that you have to, you know, be careful with because he will hurt you. Um so, yeah, like, Joseph Turner been a big, you know, I know he showed the series, but, like, he's been really good in the postseason in his career. So, you know, the Giants, I think, they just every every time, it just they kind of feel like they find a way to win games. It's kind of what they've been doing all year. I think it's, an, again, where they find a way to, you know, take this game at home, game five. Um, 
And I think Lowe pitched well enough. I think, you know, like a Posey gets a big hit. Brandon Crawford gets a big hit. I think the Giants – I like the Giants to get the win at home. I just think – I it just seems like their year. Like, again, like 2010, 2012, 2014. Like, I didn't really expect them winning the World Series any really those years. And it's like they just came out of nowhere. They kind of just blew everybody away. And I, I think it just seems like one of those years, again, for San Francisco. I did in 14, 12 and 14 because of their pitching. I did. I think this team is is an outlier. I think this team came out of com- yeah. completely came out of nowhere. I feel like even the starting pitching, you know, guys like Alex Wood, the guy who pitched last night had a good year. Uh, Gosman, they've had a bunch of guys that came out of nowhere that have had big years. The lineup, yeah, they've done a lot of platooning, done a lot of mixing and matching, but every move Gabe Kapler has made this year has worked. So they've kind of came out of nowhere this year. But I just, when in a game like this, the Dodgers are just the better team. They're just, they're just, they're just, they just got the better roster. They're the better team. I know the Giants are at home, but the Dodgers are the better team. But it should be a really great game five. Yeah, this should be a fun one, and it's you know like winners. You know, these are the two best teams in baseball right here. They've been all year, so you know, like yeah, I, I expect it to be such a fun game. Uh, you know, you, I think it goes down to eighth, ninth inning. You know, who could get the big out? So yeah, this should be a fun one. Um, I'm excited for this one. This should to be a good one tomorrow night. We'll talk, we'll talk about we'll quickly talk about the team that 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 made the NLCS last night, and that's the Atlanta Braves. And for the second straight year, they're in the NLCS. And it was all Freddie Freeman. He had a big hit in game two. He got the thing started in game two, but the hit last night was huge off Josh Hader. Uh, that would have been the spot Devin Williams would have been if he didn't do what he did. So that was that was a tough break for the Brewers. So Freeman hits the home run, and I knew when Yelich was up at the plate, he wasn't going to get a hit. I knew he wasn't going to hit. He didn't. Braves on to the NLCS. The big question is is what chance would you give them to be either the Giants? I, I think they got to hope they play the Giants. What chance would you give them to play the Giants? What, what chance would you give them to beat the Giants or Dodgers? I just think they have a good. I think they have a shot in this in this series. You know, again, they their vet their pitching staff was great, and I know the Brewers lineup isn't great, but they pitched better than the Brewers starter pitching bit. You know, Charlie Morton, the guy that's had a lot of big game starts. You know, Max Fried's pitched well this year. Ian Anderson, um, you know, Will Smith's been good at the closer role. So I, I think the Braves, I think they have kind of the staff to kind of keep them going in this in, in um for whoever they take, you know, the lineup. Like Jack Peterson came off the bench. Two big pitch at home runs um were, were huge for him. So I think the Braves have the lineup to do it. They, you know, they faced a really good pitching staff in Milwaukee. And, you know, yeah, it hurt that they lost Evan Williams. That's such a huge loss for him. But I think the Braves have a shot with their lineup. They have, you know, their nose back. Obviously, Freddie Freeman. Um, Austin Riley had a big second half. Rosario, you know, the ball. Um, and I think, you know, Brian Singer pushes the right buttons as well. I think he did in the series as well. So I think the Braves have a shot. I really think with their rotation, I think they can, I think they stay with, you know, uh, they could kind of keep it close with whatever team that they face the Giants or, um, the Dodgers. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Braves if they'll get better luck this time in the NLCS than they did last year. But we we have two CT teams playing in college football this week. But we'll talk about that after a promo from Clovercrest Media. The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Ovi Meneas, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. 
And Jace just commented, a special time for all four downs today at 3.30. Oh, we're kind of holding up the prep. Oh. We were holding up the prep there. Oh, Sorry about that, Jace. Sorry about that, Jace. We're holding the prep. But all four downs at 3.30 today. So make sure you make sure you check that out at, a, at 3.30 for all four downs. This isn't that big of a week in college football. So I felt like, you know, we should start here. You got two Connecticut teams matching up with each other. We, I, I can't remember the last time between UConn and Yale meeting football. And uh, Yale coming in at two and two. I know they're 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 an F they're an FCS team. UConn's an F, FBS team. So you, Yale coming in at two and two. Obviously, UConn hasn't won a game. I th- but I do think UConn's going to be pumped up playing an in-state team, and I do feel like this is the game where they're going to get their first win. But Justin, can Yale go into the rent and get their third win of the season? Wouldn't be shocked at all. Because I, I think Yale's a better team than Holy Cross is. Um, the last time they played was in 98. Like, they played most of from, um, like, the 90s, like, you know, 80s. Like, from, like, the 50s, I think Yale leads the series, like, 32 to 17. Like, they played a lot back from, like, the 60s to the 90s. They, you know, like, pretty much, like, every year um, looking at the season, the series history. Um, Yale lost a tough one last week. But yeah, like, I think they're starting. You know, their defense is really good. They're led by Griffin O'Connor, who um, big arm pocket passer, and you know, her running back was all conference freshman two years ago. Um, again, like this is again like UConn. This is only their fifth game. They didn't start. You know, Ivy League doesn't start to like the third week of the year for what you know. They only play ten games. Um, like they, you know, um, so I think Yale. I think Yale's pretty good. I think UConn does find a way to win this game. UConn's missing their freshman quarterback, who's been pretty good. Uh, Tyler um, Pumachati, who's again like played because I watched a lot of UConn against the Bandy and Wyoming game because they were fun to watch. They played well. They had chances to win. You know, I'm one of the few people that actually watched UConn play those teams that closely. Yeah, they they got that they had a chance to win. They they okay, brought gotcha, in um, gotcha. Noah Mazzoni, who as an offensive analyst after Ezel got fired, he's running a spread offense. Like this offense is a lot funner to watch. Now losing Pumacho is disappointing because he's a runner and there was this old lines and, you know, isn't great right now, but their offense has been fun. So I think UConn finds a way to win, but I, again, I wouldn't be shocked if this game's like a pick them or Yale's even a favorite. It would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. If Yale wins this game. Cause I think Yale, Right around the top twenty-five in the FCS, so like I, this, I, they're a better team than Holy Cross, even though Holy Cross beat them um, opening week for that for Yale. But I think they'll get find a way to win the game. Yeah, funny. There's no point spread for this game. I looked at. There's no point yeah. spread right now. Yeah, I'll come out like late Friday night or Saturday morning. I'll be out. They okay. FBS FCS games like they come out late Friday Saturday morning. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, got it, got it. So we'll go we'll go to the slate in college football, and we'll start with a Big Ten matchup: number ten Michigan State. Uh, playing uh, Indiana, and I think without uh, I think Michigan State is going to run the ball well. I think without Michael Penix, Indiana is one of the worst outside of Rutgers. I'd say I think they might be worse than Rutgers in the big in the Big Ten East. I think they're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten East, and that's why I got Michigan State staying undefeated going into the game in two weeks against Michigan, being undefeated with that they host. I got them winning by two scores, beating Indiana. Yeah, I got Michigan State as well. Jack Tuttle, like the way Penix has been playing, I don't think there's much of a downgrade right now using Tuttle. Um, he's going to be out. But Michigan State's explosive. It's uh, Jalen Naylor, um, who had five catches for 231 yards last week. Greg Chiano and Jalen Reed, too, just deep starts last week. Greg Chiano just wanted to keep playing man-to-man, and they just kept hitting deep bombs. So he never adjusted. Uh, Payton Thorpe, he's like the regular Michigan State quarterback. 
you know, game manager, you know, it's good practice football. He's got 12 touchdowns, the one interception. He's played really well. Kenneth Walker leads the country in rushing yards. He's been an explosive back. Like Michigan State's offense is explosive, and we don't really talk about their offense like that. They've been fun to watch. I think they find a way to uh, be Indiana 31 to 21, but wouldn't be shy. Keep Indiana keeps this thing close. I don't know if Michigan State, I'm not totally sold yet on Michigan State being a top 10 team, but they take care of business. So I, I think they go on the road, find a way to win. Big 12 matchup in Austin. Owen defeated Oklahoma State. Takes on Texas. Lost a brutal game last week. But I think Texas bounces back this week. I think B. John Robinson has a big game. I think Oklahoma State is overrated. I got Texas winning by a touchdown. Yeah, I got Texas as well. I got them 38 to 27. Oak State has won five of the last six meetings in Austin. So they they, they know how to get here and win. Um, Oak State, for the first time in school history, looking for their third straight top 25 win. Uh, but Oklahoma State hasn't faced an offense like this. I'm with you. I think they're I think they're overrated as well. I don't really like their offense. Spencer Sanders hasn't been able to protect the football. Uh, they just, you know, B. John Robinson, they, Oklahoma State hasn't faced a back like this before. Since Casey Thompson has taken over the starting job, they're averaging 52 points a game and 552 yards of offense. They're explosive. Oak State hasn't seen something like this. Um, I think they struggle to slow them down. I think they'll score some points. The Texas defense isn't anything special, but – I got Texas win this game at home. SEC matchup in Fayetteville. Auburn takes on Arkansas. Two good quarterbacks, KJ Jefferson against Bo Nix. I feel like Bo Nix, even though they played Georgia, didn't play that poorly last week, played really well the week before at LSU. I feel like he goes into Arkansas. I feel like he gets the win. I'm going with Auburn close. I'm going with the Tigers close over the Razorbacks. I got Auburn winning close. I got the Razorbacks in this one at home, 31-24. Um, Auburn did, did slow starts, you know, they, again, they trailed at LSU, they trailed at Penn State, they trailed against Georgia State, they got down behind against Georgia. Yeah, I thought Bonick played well last week. I thought his wide receiver dropped some balls to that, you know, again, maybe things change. I don't think they win that game, but I think it would have been closer. You know, I thought he made some plays, um, that kind of help his team and receivers didn't really help him much. Um, I thought, you know, kind of ruling out, I, I think helps against that Georgia defense. I know we'll talk about them in a second, but. I think Arkansas with KJ Jefferson, I think they find a way. Tank, Tank Baseby, I think, has a big game on the ground. But I think Arkansas, they lost a tough one. Um, I didn't mind the two-point conversion play. I don't mind going for the win there. Um, I didn't like that they never just on defense. They just they just stuck with man-to-man the whole time. But I think KJ Jefferson makes enough plays in this game, and Arkansas finds a way to win. It's absolutely losing streak. Got the big matchup in the SEC between a surprising Kentucky team that's 6-0 and undefeated, but they had to Athens to face Georgia. And I've been picking against Kentucky the last two weeks. I feel like, you know, I thought, I thought the Florida game, they get their reality check. I thought they'd even lose to LSU. Dumb pick by me there. I mean, that team has quit on Ed Orgeron. But oh, yeah. this week is going to be the week where they're going to get their reality check because I think Georgia wins. I think they shut out Kentucky. Will Levis has managed games. He can't manage this game. I think this is a big win. I'm going with. Georgia by 30, over 30 points. I got Georgia, I'd say 35 nothing. I got the number one team in the country who is the, right now the best team in the country because, because of their defense. I got them winning 35 nothing over Kentucky. Justin, you probably got the same. Yeah, pretty close, 31 to 6. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be just like the Georgia Arkansas game a few weeks ago. I just think this is going to be men versus boys. Chris Rodriguez has been really good running the football. I, you can't do that against Georgia. Will Levis is going to have to make some plays with his feet. You're, they're going to have to roll him out. They're going to have to do some design stuff with them because the Georgia secondary is good, but that's like their weakness. Um, they're kind of shorthanded right now. They've kind of been banged up back there. But the one thing I said, even though I picked Clemson week one, which that turned out to be a giant mistake as well, but 
Um, I said the one thing that's going to hold Georgia back this year from winning a national championship is Kirby Smart. And it is, and I don't think his play calling is going to affect them this week. Um, Will Levis, too, in the four SEC games, they've only been having 128 passing yards. You're going to have to be throw the ball against this Georgia team. I don't see them having success doing that this week. So, uh, Sessa Bennett, I don't know if he's good enough to win him a national championship, but he's played better. He's played well. He does enough in this game to get the win, 31-6. Their defense is good enough to win a national championship. That defense yeah, is amazing. That defense is nasty. In a era with high, with all these, you know, with all with a bunch of great offenses, this defense is the best yeah. defense I've seen in college football in a decade. The, the, oh, I think since, since Alabama in 2011. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, you, you finish. Yeah, that's the best, the best defense I've seen since then. Uh, yeah, they've given up 33 points. They're having five yards a game. I think there's been 221 times college football this year where uh, teams given up 30 at least 33 points a game, and they they they've given up that total in six seven weeks. It's insane. This I'd love to see this this Georgia defense go up against 2019 LSU offense or even last year's Bama team and see how that goes. That would be such a great matchup to watch. But um, yeah, this Georgia team is just just scary. I, I think their defense is good enough to win a national championship. I don't know Bennett's. A, quarterback because I'm not really sold yet on their offense. Yeah, but I just think the defense and there's no dominant team this year and the defense is just is just outstanding. That's why I think they're the, they're clearly the best team in the country. Uh we got a matchup in Waco between BYU and Baylor and I think BYU is overrated. They showed how overrated they were last week. Uh I think Baylor wins this game. I think Baylor's not great but they win this game close. That's, I got I got Baylor close over BYU. Yeah, I have Baylor in a close one. Jeff Grimes on the oh, the offense coordinator at Baylor was at BYU last year so He's got a good understanding of what he's going to see. Gary Boheem, him and Matt Crowell, they went two quarterbacks with at least eight touchdown passes, or yeah, eight touchdown passes this year, and zero interceptions. BYU has six interceptions of the year. They've only allowed four passing touchdowns. So this would be a good matchup to watch. BYU, the turnover margin, or they turned it over four times. They were, I thought, they didn't turn the ball over. You looked at the stats. BYU, I thought, won, would have won that game. Um, the turnovers killed them. BYU is usually really good at protecting the football and getting turnovers. Last week they weren't. I think Baylor does find a way to win this game, but I think it's to be very, very close. Big 12 matchup in Norman, TCU and Oklahoma. I hope Oklahoma's sticking with uh, Caleb Williams because if they do, this will be the biggest win, they, their best win of the season. They'll look really impressive. Their offense will score, I think, in the 40s against TCU. I think they'll win this game by two or three scores if they stick with Caleb Williams. Absolutely. I think I just heard a little bit ago, Lincoln Riley actually just is kicking out all media access for the rest of the week. Um, wow, they're wow. keeping, I think, you know, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see both quarterbacks. I just don't think you kick Spencer Rattler to curb that quickly. So I think you're going to see both, but Caleb Williams gave him that kind of physical running game that they haven't had. He took chances that Spencer Rattler hasn't taken all year that, it looks like they've been there for Rattler. He just hasn't, you know, for whatever reason, hasn't taken him. Um, you know, he Caleb Williams, I think you got to start him. And I said this a few weeks ago, when Caleb Williams gets his job, Spencer Rattler's not getting his job back. And, you know, and I think that's going to hold true. No, he shouldn't. The way he's playing. I've never seen a Heisman front runner going into the year like this just absolutely fall off a cliff like, cliff like, like he has. And I, I, I don't remember ever seeing something like this. And, um, it, it's unfortunate for, for Spencer and, you know, but hey, Clay Williams got to get that job. Um, Zachary Evans and the freshman running back for TCU has been really, really good. He is banged up. He's questionable in the game though. So I think that could be a big loss. Max Dugan. Um, he's also questionable as starting quarterback. He's much better with his legs than he is with his arm. 
Um, they're going to have to make plays in the in the passing game because OU secondary, as you saw last week, is torched, and that's that's going to be their demise because they're great at they're really good at stopping the run. They cannot stop the passing attack, and I don't think there's a team in the Big Twelve besides Texas that could uh, you know take advantage of that. BY uh, TC won't. I think this is the week Oklahoma looks good. I think they cover this week. I think they win this game at home, 45-28. SEC matchup, Bama trying to bounce back, going to Starkville, play Mississippi State, and I think they do. I think they win, and I think they cover. You don't want to play Nick Saban after a loss, and I feel bad for Mississippi State that they have to. Yeah, poor Mark Leach. It's going to be a long day for him. Last year they only had 200 yards of offense, and they didn't score any points uh, for his air rate defense. I think it should be pretty similar. I think Bama wins this thing 38-7. I think this is a bounce back week. Yeah, Saban uh, – Saban puts it on after a loss, and I think they will. I think, you know, Robinson has a big game. Young, Bryce Young, I think, plays a lot better. I think they, they hit some big plays. Mississippi defense hasn't been awful, but, again, yeah, you're facing an angry Alabama team. There's just no easy way to stop them. Uh, it's going to be a long night in Starkville. Last game, uh, Matt Carell and Ole Miss uh, travels to Knoxville, Knoxville to face Tennessee. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to go with the better quarterback and the better coach, and I got Ole Miss beating Tennessee. On Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, the point total right now is at 82 points, and I don't remember ever seeing a game that the total is at 80 points. So this is going to be a shootout. Um, Lane Kiffin, the first time he returns to Tennessee as a head coach, um, I assume they're going to have some fun words for him. Um, and, but John Swipel right now is really doing a great job. The team only scored 21 points a game last year. They're up you know, in the 30s right now. They've been unbelievable. Hayden Hooker has really made a huge difference. Um, you know, 13 touchdowns and one interception. He's also been great running the football. Both secondaries are horrible. So I think we're going to see, I, I think it's going to be something like we saw those two games last week, the Texas o, OU game, Arkansas, Mississippi State game, or Mississippi Ole Miss game. Um, you're going to see a lot of points and whoever's the ball last is going to win this game. Both teams, too, two of the quickest teams and, and fastest team in the country. They both, um, Ole Miss runs a play or every, you know, they run, you know, um, you know, two of the fastest in the country, you know, and they run – Ole Miss runs 2.89 plays per minute. Tennessee's second running 2.87 plays per minute. So, it'd be high octane. Uh, not very fun for the defense coordinators in this game. I think Ole Miss finds a way to win. I like their defense a bit better than Tennessee's right now. Um, but it, this is going to be a fun one. And I would love to see Eli Payton um, cast for, for this game. Uh, that would – that would be awesome. That would be awesome yeah. to see the two guys do it for this game because they obviously the two former schools. That would that would be that would be awesome to see them do it for that game. But that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. For our producer Jace Garcia, did a great job for Justin Nafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking week eight of the college football season, the baseball playoffs, week seven of the NFL season, and doing our NBA season preview. Have a great weekend, everyone.
including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com. 